And now, introducing the man who woke up this morning after having what he described as a very realistic and vivid dream where the Ravens lost to the Raiders in week one and he drank all the whiskey at his house, only to discover that it wasn't a dream, it wasn't his house, and an old Irishman was yelling at him to replace his whiskey and put on some clothes. While the reality of the events were still sinking in, he was at least able to take solace in the fact that there would be a, quote, cakewalk in week two before having to face the formidable Lions the week after, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Hey, happy Tuesday morning. Let's go! So much to be thankful for. Just so much to be thankful for. Thanks for those of you that stayed up with us for Project Game Day last night. We do it every game day all season long. We'll be back on Sunday night at halftime and following the Ravens-Chiefs game, so that should be fun. I don't know what you're it's talking all about. brought to you by Window Nation as well as Glory Days Grill and UnderdogFantasy.com. Please join us for Project Game Day, Facebook.com slash Sports for both shows, PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio for the postgame show this coming Sunday. It'll be uh, me and KZ. If you missed last night's show, you can find it in the archives. But, uh, you know, maybe wait until after this one's over and then go enjoy that one. And I say enjoy. Mm -hmm. The part that you might enjoy is the part where I started the show as the Raiders were on the one-inch line. And uh, and and then it, it didn't end. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was unexpected. It didn't end. You've got a proclivity for those sort of things. No, I don't have a proclivity. It happened one other time, and that wasn't like this. That was when they were just down by so much that that it was the Chargers one. Yeah, it was the Chargers playoff, playoff game, game that I was like, "Well, there's." Didn't Kyle in the kitchen made an appearance? I hear. I, yeah, I don't know. There's a, that's a weird. We got to figure what that's about. Because yeah, I don't know. Normally, the last no, song that, on a that happened. Um, like the day that uh, we had Wendy on via Skype, and she was like, "When we turned the mics off, she's like, I can hear everything. Like there is an issue where we turn." something off on the board and yet it still gets through not and ideal. i don't yeah i don't know yeah, we don't like that no not good because sometimes yeah. we say things that we definitely don't want people to hear while we're in break well that i would definitely hope happens is it everything i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't have these answers because hopefully not it's a weird it's a lot of weird yeah. man it's a lot of weird and i don't know how to not my top it. concern this morning unfortunately. no believe it or not yeah. it's not where i was going to lead yeah. today um Albums of line. Yeah, it's not great. That's not great. But defensive uh, line. Oh yeah. Well, that's you know. Yeah. Eh, eh. In comparison. Yeah, it's not nearly as bad. Yeah. But no, it ain't great. Anything else? Um, Secondary wasn't great last night. Running backs. Running backs weren't great. Um, the wide receivers looked pretty good. I, I, what a bizarro world we're living in, where you would argue that it, like what was the top unit last night? Probably the wide receivers. I mean, what an effing bizarro world we are living in in yeah. Baltimore. And I'm not even kidding about that. Hey, Justin Tucker, he hit his kicks. You know what? There's that. Yeah. There is that. Although the snaps weren't. Not great. We're not great. Still don't really understand least, what Morgan Cox at least did they wrong. Didn't, yeah. At least they didn't run off Morgan Cox or a guy that's a bit that. shaky with his snaps. At least they at least didn't Sam do that. Cook's a beast. God, yeah. That punter on the Raiders, though. He's also yeah, a beast. Guy, guy Cole, he's really <laughs> good, man. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, so, yeah. I am... Um, Here's the, and as I spent more time thinking about it, I, this was the, the comparison that kept coming to mind. Imagine if the Orioles were trying, right, coming into the, look, if we, th if we thought that coming into this season. You mean 2018? No, this season. No, I mean just go back to 2018. When, when you believe they were trying. Yes, and then uh, they would lost 112 uh, games or whatever. Um, imagine the Orioles were trying, all right? 
Now imagine if going into the year they had done everything that they did, and again they were trying to. We were trying to believe that they were trying. You mean like every? Imagine like if the they dark ages, if you will. If they put this roster together, to play third right, base. They put this roster together, and they were trying. What would we have said? To be fair, hang on, you, hang on, stop, just stop. What we would have said is, there's no way that the, you can do this with this pitching. That's insane. You you can't do this like that. You can't say you're trying and not have any pitchers. That's not it doesn't work that way. Have one. You you can't you're not trying. You, this isn't going to be good enough. And imagine if the Orioles said, "No, we believe in Jorge Lopez and we believe in Matt Harvey." And you were like, "What based on what? You you believe in Matt Harvey? For what reason?" I believe in Harvey Dent. That's fine. You can believe in Harvey Dent. He's going to save Gotham City. But what do you mean you believe in Matt Harvey? Am I taking crazy pills? You believe in Matt Harvey? That's your answer? Now, again, the Orioles weren't trying, so we didn't give an S. But imagine if they were, and they signed Matt Harvey to be a pitcher. And they said, well, we saw that. We got Felix Hernandez. We got this. We figured it out. But we're going to be okay. We're going to go win. And the problem is that when we sit here and complain about Alejandro Villanueva, it's not that it'd be one thing if there was any reason for us to have thought this was going to work. He's a great guy. If there guy. was anything at all. Really good guy. Thank you. That would have suggested that Alejandro Villanueva could have been someone you could count on as a starting right tackle on a good football team. If there was one modicum of evidence that suggested that could be something that could work. Everyone saw this. Everyone. Well, Except for apparently someone who is a decision maker. And I said multiple times on this show that I fear that this is about, well, we like his style, about who he is away from the football mm -hmm. field. I feared multiple times that this was someone allowing that to cloud their judgment of someone as a football player because nothing. Well, the Steelers have it all figured out at offensive line, you know? Like correct. They, they don't just need... had an abundance of riches and could just yeah. let someone walk away. And the fact that he was always obviously they they their run game, yeah. he was clearly quite dominant. I mean, that was the feature of and their offense. Plus he had played right tackle for But I mean he did excel in the pass game at least for at the least, Steelers last year. At least year. there was at least there was that. Maybe they could also consider I, 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 putting I, a guy next to him when they recognize that he can't block. Well, they they did start doing that. A little. Part, part of the problem is that's, for as I frustrated as a lot of people you are, that's largely why Tyson Williams wouldn't, wasn't in the game not as the game went not on. not disagreeing. And as we saw at the end of the game, sure. they knew what they were doing. Doesn't mean that the offensive line didn't probably mess up somewhere along the line in that play as well. I, I'm not saying they did. Right. I'm not, but this is... I get it. We, we can scream and yell, and this is the thing where it was insane to think that a guy that had never played in the NFL was suddenly going to be a featured back the first time he played. He played well in certain spells. For, for, yes. he, there's things that you can do. He still probably of does have talent. the highest ceiling of any I, running back in this backfield. I, but that I, doesn't I don't know what mean that means. much if you K can't. Kenneth Dixon might have had the highest ceiling of any running back. If you're not going to be someone it. that can be relied on the block, you're not going to play. I get it. Period. You're not going to play. This is the NFL. You don't just get to say, yeah, but I, there are plenty of guys that can run, there are plenty of guys that can catch. You don't get to play in the NFL if you can't do those things. 
And this isn't me saying Tyson Williams is done or couldn't at some point figure out his way, but this thing we were doing where we were trying to pretend like Tyson Williams was going to be an answer at running back, having never played in the NFL before and being someone they thought so much of. This ju- well, they had this scrimmage last year, and they said he was the best player on the field. Really? Which is why they were happy to let someone sign him all last year. They were happy to just say, come get him. Stop the nonsense. Cut the crap. I hope Tyson Williams becomes someone who can play in the NFL. Well, the I, might need him to. I mean, I hope. It didn't, I mean, Latavius Murray wasn't terribly impressive. I mean, the, the I get it. of line was not doing I, any I, favors. Judging judging someone by you know the, take away the Tyson Williams thirty five yard run, which would again hit one hole and you're in the end zone, and pretending like Tyson Williams had some monster game still is crazy. Eight for what thirty or something like that, which is it's about what Latavius Murray was running for. The notion that Tyson Williams had a better game outside of one run than any of the other running backs is silly. They, Tyson Williams wasn't doing. I am not. Sitting here saying Tyson Williams was great yesterday by any stretch no, it, of the it imagination. The, the, the problem being, everything that he did well was washed out by no doubt the, the mesh point, yes. the fumble on the sidelines. But again, all of it didn't. Th- this nothing. is this is a guy that should not have been doing this. He should never have been in this position. Of course, this is it's, no fault of the Ravens in that regard. No, I'm not blaming the Ravens for that. The Ravens they they had a bunch of. I'd say bad options. I don't. I refuse to say Latavius Murray was a bad option. It's just not. You, it's not ideal to have someone waltz in and three days later have to start them. I get that. Like I understand that. But he's not a bad option. The guy's been in the league for ten years. The notion that what you're doing is so scary different than what other people are doing that you can't figure it out and make it work was always a bit of a reach. All that said, I'm not. I don't think it's a stretch to say the Ravens will not have the big play potential from their backfield this year that they've used to in years past. I have no idea. If they block, I don't know what that's going to be. Do do I think that um, they've got home run hitters the way that we believe J.K. Dobbins is going to become a home run hitter? Even Gus Edwards. I don't know. I don't don't know. I I can't. It's really hard for me to do this seeing as as poor as the offensive line was last night. And it's really hard for me to do this, ignore, trying to ignore the fact that J.K. Dobbins wasn't a great blocker either. And I don't know what would have happened this season if J.K. Dobbins had been healthy in that department. It might very well be that the guy that we thought was going to turn into a superstar was still going to have those problems with the blocker, and the Ravens were still going to be left in a place where they say, but we can't have him out there for as many snaps as we want to have him out there for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't speak to that. What I can say is that the Alejandro Villanueva thing was one that we all knew. Every single one of us. I couldn't find a person. I talked to people inside the Steelers. I talked to people around the Steelers. I talked to as many people as I could looking for anyone. Steelworkers in Pittsburgh. Yes, correct. And I know many of them. <laughs> we have a meeting every month. It's uh, We have a great time, actually. It's weird it's, that you're still in the union. You know what, man? You get that card. You don't give it up, bro. <laughs> A lot of benefits that come with it. Plus, you should see the annual picnic. That's true. It is. And the dance, the mixers. We, 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 we play leapfrog at yeah. one point during the day. It's just it's a great time. Pittsburgh man. legend. Yeah, Stuff correct. of lore, yeah. you know. Um, when you do this, again, if, if it had been – Kevin Zeitler wasn't great last no. night. He wasn't great. And that's maybe based in context by the thought, fact that we thought that it could work. A little bit weirder. Ronnie Stanley was pretty bad. Ronnie last Stanley night. was not good last night. There's no doubt about it. Now you, you hope it's you, just a matter of him being a little rusty and. One hundred percent. You hope that's the case. You hope that's the case, but you can't. Extra bitter it, it, when it was unique in Gawkway yep, abusing him. Yep. Yep. Sure also was. Also made a play and run stopping, which is nice. 
Anyway, not gonna do this. Not gonna do that part of it all day. Not gonna do that all day. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna work here anymore. I know that much. Um, there was just so much. There was so much, and some of it, yes, th- like clearly the secondary thing. It, it's hurt by not having two of your top three cornerbacks on the field. I There's no doubt. Westbury about it. looked encouraging at times. Eh, I mean, he, he was. He didn't look like he looked he was like in a, position most of the time for when he was covering eh, somebody. Now that play where he looked, he looked like a guy that you're comfortable with as long as he's your fifth cornerback. Look, he was better than Tavon Young. Well, I mean, th- that's not a much of a bar. Tavon Young was horrendous. Yeah. Like, it's not much of a bar at all. He looks like someone that you're comfortable with if he's deep on your depth chart. He doesn't look like somebody that you're comfortable with if, if he has to play. Um, there's, there's, there's just there's so much. But the infuriating part is you can't blame what happened to the offensive line on the injuries. That's the infuriating part. Well, the Tyree Phillips thing is unfortunate because he probably would get a chance, realistically. Well, I mean, yeah, he would probably have to. Well, you say that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why Alejandro Villanueva was the guy to begin with, so I don't know. I hear you. You know, this is this is that tricky thing we talk about well, all the time. He was likely have, next in line, I would think. He would have been – I don't know if next in line would have been next week, though. I don't know I don't know what they thought Alejandro Villanueva had done to earn the job to begin with, so I don't know when they were going to take the job away from him. I think next in line might be on the street. But, again, I don't know. I don't know how quickly they're willing to admit that this was an unmitigated disaster that they they never should have attempted. It's a, it's a bitter pill because this is as much a miss as anything I can remember. I mean, I... I the Nick and Gakwe thing was a bitter pill because you didn't use him. Right, like, but it's Earl Thomas was a pretty big miss. It was Earl Thomas was far more cape. I'm not Earl Thomas offered that. something. I'm not denying that they invested heavily in him in the sense yeah, of man, paying him a crap ton of money I, and, I, I, and I, really you, failing. Right, like, I get I get that. And he fought with respected veterans sure. on the team, and like you know, there there was a lot of things to not like about Earl Thomas. But he at Michael least, Huff was a pretty big miss. No, nah, they, they didn't invest all that much in. But Michael they didn't Huff. invest all that much in Villanueva money like, wise. I'm saying they, they were they relied at, on at him. an important position on the field. I get it. At a significant position on the field, they they said we're going to turn things over to someone that mm-hmm. there is absolutely no reason to think can do this, mm-hmm. and and that and and did so in the aftermath of trading away. And I get it; it was an awkward spot, and we all talked about that. But they did so in the aftermath of trading away someone who had been quite good for them yep. for some time. And and it, you know it's tough to watch. Like Orlando Brown, you can say, well, they had to trade him. They had no choice. Well, somebody would have said the same thing about the Cardinals and Chandler Jones. But the Cardinals said to Chandler Jones, dude, we're going to go try to win. There was a you do whatever you want to do. Modicum of difference being that Orlando Brown made it about being left tackle and right, wanted to like, left tackle, but they didn't have – all right, they still had control there. The, they still had the leverage. The, the question would be whether or not they – if Orlando Brown said, I'm going to hold out, I'm not going to play, all of those things, and is that really beneficial to Orlando Brown to do any of those I things at all? Like, we can say they had to trade him. They didn't have to trade him, but what they, they had, had to, to do, if you were going him, to trade yeah. him, was make sure you had a plan. Mm-hmm. And Alejandro Villanueva was never a plan mm-hmm. at any point. Was it ever fair to consider this was a plan for the Baltimore Ravens? It was to the point where we almost assumed we didn't I, I didn't believe, believe that it. he was going to be the starter. I didn't believe. I said, I refuse to believe 
that they think this is the answer. I kept thinking there's got to I got to be missing something. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something else. They got to be really high on Phillips. They've got to right. be really high on uh, Lord knows somebody. We, we kept having guests. I kept bringing this question up. Like they can't really be going into this thinking Alejandro Villanueva is the answer at right tackle, right? And they all kept saying like, well, that's what that's what they think. And I'm not beating any of the people up that we had on the show because none Probably of them couldn't either. For well, I, a couple of them, I no question, I could. <laughs> but uh, you know, for what it's worth, like I never sensed that they were like thinking that I was drastically wrong as much as they were just sort of don't shoot the messenger, right? Like this is the Ravens think he can play. The Ravens think he's the answer. You know, that's that's the way it goes. It's insane. It, it's insane. Maybe Max Crosby is the best pass rusher in Max football. Max Crosby's good. That's not, he's really good. There's no question about that. He's a really good football player. But you're gonna face good. you're gonna face more really good football players. I don't know if you know this. You faced the Steelers twice this year. You faced the Browns twice this year. I hear they have decent edge rushers. Ooh, Chris Jones next week. Yeah, I mean he's not the same he's been type of player. Up on the edge yeah, a little more but this he's, year, he's not. Let's not compare him to Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt. No he's offense. Not the explosive type of athlete, but correct. he'll still dominate oh, Villanueva. Well, if that's yeah, correct. If that's the way it goes, absolutely, he would he would maul Villanueva. There's no doubt about that. <sighs> Fun. At least Bradley Bozen snapped the ball well. I mean, at least that wasn't an issue. They got that going for him, which is nice. Today's show is also brought to you by. C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. The question that I come back to moving forward now is are we on the cusp of this being a total disaster for the Ravens? And that that seems hyperbolic, and that seems to spit in the face of the thing that I said yesterday when we talked about the rest of the NFL, is that you don't overreact to one game. You don't do that. That's, that's crazy. And so I want to make it very clear, I'm not telling you that the Ravens are on the cusp of a total disaster. It is very difficult at the moment to see how this football team would have much of a chance against the Chiefs on Sunday night. But this is the NFL, and bizarre things happen in the NFL. I mean, looking at the schedule, it's not unreasonable yes, it's, to think they could find themselves at 1-4. and four. Yeah. With the pass rushes that the Broncos, I, the Colts, I'm not, the and Bron- the Chargers have. The Broncos and the Colts, no. I'm not I'm not. I understand you. what you're it, saying, it, it but they un- will be – Bradley is, Chubb and Von Miller are as formidable of a duo on the edge as what you're most saying, teams can offer. But they still nearly won the football game. No doubt. If not for, it is unreasonable to think that those teams specifically – that don't have particularly good quarterback play. And I get it. Derek Carr's not a great quarterback, but he played really well last night. It's unreasonable to assume that two teams that don't have good quarterback play are going to beat the Ravens. That's unreasonable. It doesn't mean it can't happen, Ravens but it's Ravens weren't tremendous in run defense either I, yesterday. Um, no, they were. At they times were, they were very good, nah, but they, they were giving they, up chunks to Josh Jacobs other plays as well. Like there I mean, were two that got some, called back on up, holds. Yeah, they gave up some chunks. They, they they were pretty good against the run last night. They were, in fact, it was one of the best things they did last night. Oh, was okay, against a the short run. list of things they did well. Uh, yeah, but I, this is they weren't bad against. They weren't in any I mean, way bad were, against the run. There last were moments. Night. There were moments. I would say. And like that's a football game. You play for sixty minutes. Something's going to happen at some point. As a whole, they were quite good against the run last night. I'm and, just saying the way this is. I wouldn't 
feel comfortable guaranteeing a win on anybody other than the Lions. I don't (laughs) guarantee anything. Like, I'm not, no, I'm not, I I, I don't guarantee a win against the Lions. I'm not crazy. Okay, go for it. And then when six more guys get hurt the next two weeks, what are you going to do? What's the, what's the, What's the what's your penance if they well, don't beat the Lions? There's an asterisk. No, there is. Lamar no, gets hurt. We're not. Are you guaranteeing or not? Yes. Okay. What are you guaranteeing? That the Ravens going to beat the Lions. Yes. And if not, then they wouldn't beat the Lions. No, that's not a guarantee. That's not how guarantees work. You have to put something up against it. Your that's house. the way. Nope. Well, I nope. said it. That's what no. we're doing. No, we're not. You can have it. We're not doing that at lose. all. Right? No, we're not doing that at all. That's not going to be the thing. So, so you're not doing anything. You're not guaranteeing. That the Ravens will be at the Lions in two weeks. So that's just want to make sure we have that for the record. I'm not going to guarantee anything. It's unreasonable, which doesn't mean it's impossible. And and I let's make that very clear. If this can if they don't solve these things, then it's going to become problematic. In trying to be practical about all of it, you do think they're going to get Jimmy Smith back out on the field, and you do think that's going to help them. You do think they're going to get Derek Wolf back out on the field, and you do think that's going to help them. You do think that more time with the running backs here is going to benefit them. Rashad Bateman, you would like to hope, is going to play at some point. Nick Boyle, you would like to hope, is going to play at some point. He can play right tackle. Essentially. I mean, essentially, they'll probably be asking him to do some of that. Now, unfortunately, the other side of it is is there's likely to be more injuries, right? They went into last night thinking that Tyree Phillips was going to be their answer at left guard. Womp womp. I mean, that's the reality of it. As these other guys come back, unfortunately, more guys are likely to get hurt. And how that all shakes out, I don't know. What they could possibly do at right tackle is beyond me. Might as well sign Mitchell Schwartz. Everybody keeps talking about Mitchell Schwartz. I don't know nearly enough about what's going on with Mitchell Schwartz. Somebody said they think Mitchell Schwartz lost some weight. Um, I'd have to know a little bit more about that. Like, I... I don't know if he's in a place we, – we, we attempted to call his brother this morning. Uh, I don't know if he's in a place where he could just come in off the street and play. Patrick McCary might have to. I mean, if this is going to be this – What's James Hurst up to? I thought I remember seeing that he was still on a roster somewhere. Let me double-check about that. How much money they it's get tongue-in-cheek, but I know. Lord knows. Uh, yeah, he's still with the Saints. Uh, they might. We thought at some point they might have to consider trading for a mm-hmm. running back. They might have to start being aggressive and try to trade for a tackle mm-hmm. if they think the season can be salvaged. And again, that's such an absurd thing to say after one week. They, of course, have to think that the season can be salvaged. But So this nonsense about Humphrey quitting on the last play. I, this is, I'm going to say a couple things here. I don't really give a rat's ass about Bernard Pollard. I want to have that conversation. I don't care what Bernard Pollard thinks. It's not, it's not about that. But and I'm not going to, and I, I said this, we were talking about this in the postgame show last night. I don't have the same problem with it as I did with Earl Thomas dogging it and then going after Brandon Williams. That, that was wildly unacceptable. You did not have the equity in this town that you could both dog it on a touchdown and then challenge one of the respected veterans on the team. And I called out Earl Thomas for that then, and I don't feel the same way about it. But can I pretend like it isn't a bad visual? It's a bad visual, man. It's a bad visual. First, you know, I get it. This is a goofy thing about that play. Like, I kind of understand. You're doing cover zero because either you're getting a sack or the game's over. And Renfro did rub him like, a little bit. Like, there was a bit of contact that prevented him from running with Jones. Uh, at which point, he was already separated by, what, 
10 yards but, but about. But it's still, it's still a bad visual. I hear you. It's still a bad visual for, for younger players to see. There's nothing good about it. You can say, it's like, I, I compared it last night to Manny Machado. I can absolutely say Marlon Humphrey does so many good things. He's and, the best player on the field on defense and, the entire night. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know who else would be in contention. I mean, he, he, was, he was good for, there were also I mean, a lot of times where, everything. that was, and that was part of the problem. Like, you know, he, he was. It was a musical chair game. It was like, this guy's hurting us now. Cover him. Right. Correct. Wander over. See what you can do against Waller. See what you can do against, uh, yeah, I get it. They, they were asking him to do a lot. I understand that. Um, but that still, it, it doesn't, those things. Both things can be true. I both wanted Manny Machado to run out more ground balls, but I also recognized that he was the best player, and that the truth is he wasn't beating out any of those well, ground balls also, that he wasn't running out. This is the out. first instance we've seen. Yes, I have no reason to think that Marlon Humphrey is going to have a problem dogging it on plays. Yeah. I don't have any reason to think that, but it doesn't. Both things can be true. I can both think Marlon Humphrey is an exceptional player. Sexual. And he's an asexual player. I can both think he's an exceptional player. Speaking of which, go pick up a new print issue of Press Box. Marlon Humphrey's on the cover. Go get it right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. I can both think that, and I can still say, but that doesn't give him a pass for what is a really bad optic that other players are going to see, that young players are going to see, that someone is going to look at on film and they're going to see him dogging it there. And it's easy to say, yeah, but we, we know he wasn't making the play. We know it, the game was over. And that's true, but it doesn't mean it's the type of thing that you want to show to somebody else. Both things can be true. And they are true, frankly, in this circumstance. I'm not losing my mind about it. It's very far down a list of concerns that I have from last night's game, but they can all be true. So the, I come back to the question of, are you on the cusp of a perhaps unmitigated disaster? And... What do you define that? Like, do you find that as a five-win season? Where, no, where you came into the year believing that you were competing to try to make a Super Bowl, and then... A nine-win season? At, at best, you're pushing to try to sneak into the playoffs is still a disaster for this franchise. Yes. I 100% think it's possible. Is it possible? Yes. Are we getting carried away in hyperbole because we have one game of sample size? Also, yes. But yes, but the issues, not exactly the confidence level for them to be remedied is still low, particularly with the offensive line. The, the offensive line thing is... Look, I expect Ronnie Stanley to round into form and play like one of the best tackles in football by the time the year is at midway point. I, I do don't too. know who the right tackle is going to be for that to be you know, solidified. I don't think there's a Bryant McKinney sitting out there that is sort of, and I don't know that there isn't, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure. Hopefully the Ravens have an idea of who's available. But it's not as clear-cut there, and it's not as if the situation at right guard and left guard was so impressive last night that you're saying, well, at least they've got the interior figured out. And so, yeah, I mean, I would say that, yes, there's certainly a concern in that regard. Maybe Pat Ricard can play offensive line. Three hundred. He's not. Three, I don't think he's three hundred eleven pounds. By the way, maybe. I don't think he's actually three eleven. Uh, I don't know. I think he's like uh, two eighty. I don't know. I um, guarantee. Uh, yeah. Paul brings up what is the health situation of Mitchell Schwartz? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, with contracts for the rest of the season not being guaranteed now, figure maybe it'd be worth a shot to bring him in for a look. I mean, sure. Yes. I think you think you're gonna think not you can get him, me to argue yeah. with him? I mean, I anything. I I hate using the it can't get worse statement as like a line demarcation for why you do something because my answer is always it can get worse 
Like, well, you just just put Des Bryant out there. It can't be any worse. Like, no, it it can be. Believe Rick it or Wagner's not. Wagner's available. Bring him in. <laughs> I mean, I I I don't know that it can get worse than what we saw last night. I genuinely don't know that it can get worse. I mean, it can't. Obviously, I could I could be worse, but I don't know that a someone who's even a shell of an NFL player could be worse than what we saw last night. Uh, also says, every game season you see the stats and success for Darren Waller. It makes me think of Dennis Martinez. I remember the Orioles having no choice but to move on from him in the mid-'80s because of his addiction. Then he turns it around in Montreal and pitches forever. That's a, it's a, it's a very fair comparison. You know, I, unrelated to addiction, someone might make a comparison to Jake Arrieta where, like, y- you just – in in hindsight, you cannot blame the team. You can't. This is, it's not the Ravens' fault that Darren Waller didn't work out as a Raven. It's unfortunate. It's a real bummer that Darren Waller didn't work out as a Raven. But it was because of Darren Waller. Probably the single best yeah, scouting I've, of a pass catcher they've ever had. And, uh, maybe. I've heard that argument quite a bit. He's a freak of an athlete. He's a monster. He's all of those things. Um, John from Little Rock is not happy about the Marlon Humphrey thing. Pretty concerning that our best defensive player quit on the final play of OT. I guess he was out of gas. I, no, he wasn't. I don't think he was out of gas. I think he was acknowledging the reality of the, the reality of the circumstances yeah. that he wasn't making the play. Is it doesn't make it okay? No, it doesn't make it okay. But again, much like I say about Manny Machado, when you have built up enough equity, I'll live with a bad optic. Uh, the the bad optic is something that while I don't like it, I'll live with it. From Joe. Joe says, um, oh, okay. Glenn, here's my biggest concern about what happened last night. The Ravens knew that the Orlando Brown thing was coming. They didn't have a good plan in order for replacing him. They also didn't have a good plan for what it was that they were going to do at running. Well, the, the running that's unfair, Joe. Have, that's, yeah. that's 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 unfair. I'm not I'm not going to join you there. They didn't have a good plan for what to do at running back. I get that there were injuries, but at some point, you actually have to have a plan going into the game. You knew who the players were as of Friday. You've got to decide what it is that you're going to do with them. It's not as easy as that. I don't know that they didn't have a plan, Joe. I don't know. I don't know that the plan wasn't, we're going we're gonna to give Tyson Williams a chance. And when Tyson Williams... He got a chance. He looked good at times. At, at times, but he did you know, critical more, things that you can't do as an NFL running back. Of course, it doesn't I mean, mean he still won't get more chances either. I mean, they've got a backfield they've got to figure out still. I, and I, I think that ultimately, while his inexperience clearly hurt him last night, his yeah. inexperience can't necessarily be held against him as a he-can't-change sort of thing. No, I don't think that it's that he can't change. I think it's that I don't know how much you turn around one week later and try... Like, I, I, I don't... I don't know what that means. I we're also t- don't think that we're he's talking about going to get 25 carries next week either. You know, like, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get 25 carries or not, but if there's somebody here that can, it would be him. Like I that would you. be the guy. I don't think the, there is someone who can for what that it's might, worth. and that might be the answer. It might be. I, you know, I was talking to KZ about the KZ's. I, I hope I'm not. KZ's like I'm looking to try to trade Tyson Williams in every league. I'm like I, I get it. I completely understand. Um, I. I just don't think that the other options are so good that he couldn't find his way back into the favor at some point. But I certainly understand why it is that that he feels that way. I'm, I, I think this is going to be an issue all throughout the course of the season. I think this is what happens when you're dealing. I, again, as I said going into this, I think their most likely 
solution is going to be Latavius Murray. Their best hope at finding a solution is going to be Latavius Murray, but there's there's a limit to that. It it's Latavius Murray's not likely to be Alvin Kamara. So I think he's the best of what you got. And I think he was always the guy that made the most sense. And this thing of, well, he hasn't been around the team was always kind of silly to me. Like, he's, the guy's been in the league for a decade. You're going to be able to figure it out. The guy has proven at every turn that he can play. He's, to me, he's the guy. And I think you saw quickly last night the reasons why. Because we all get enamored by a fun run or by someone making a nice catch or something along those lines and forget that playing in the National Football League is far more than that. It's 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 nice to be able to do the things that you saw guys do in the preseason and you forget they've got to play against the actual players and they could end up getting someone killed in the process. We'll see. I don't I don't know. I, I I'm going to keep saying this. I'm going to shrug my shoulders. I can't tell you. I think the, the safe assumption right now is that Latavius Murray is the top guy moving forward, but ask me again in a week. And that doesn't mean that Tyson Williams can't show them more during practice that makes them believe he's improving as someone who can be relied upon as a blocker. Russell O'Kong's available. I mean, worth a look. I'm not saying no. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's, not, there's no name that you're going to throw out there that I'm, I'm going to say n- no. I mean, I, I think I think there's no name out there that I'm going to say no to. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to say no to that. But the football players, I don't think there's one of them. That Schwartz, I'm say Kong, no Rick Wagner, the top three, I would say, currently on tackle. Demar Dotson, 35 years old, wouldn't necessarily count on that. That's uh, not a great list. Yeah, it ain't a great list. It's just not a great list. There's no getting around that. I mean, if you can play tackle in the NFL, you're probably important. No, no. That's the way it normally Roderick works. Johnson. Sure, Roddy. He's Twenty-five years old. Hey, right, there you go. We got that going for us. That's 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 something I'm sure. All right, um, we'll come back in. Uh, Steve Weish is going to join us. Mike Nolan's going to check in a little bit later on. We'll get his thoughts uh, after he saw the Ravens throughout the preseason. What he made of last night. Uh, Steve Weish was in Vegas covering the game for NFL Network. Is waking up early for us. Appreciate him doing that. So that's all coming up on the program today. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. And don't forget to start getting me your slaps to the helmet. We will get to that this morning as well. Five Ravens, rank them five to one, number one being most deserving of scorn. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. Message me at Glenn Clark Radio. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. It is a Tuesday edition of GCR. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. It's brought to you by Express Exterior Design, Grade 8's memorabilia, and Pressbox. It's back to school time 
and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's program also brought to you by your local Toyota dealers and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, from our buddy Matt Myers. The Raiders tried to lose that game four different ways last night, and Baltimore just said, uh, uh-uh, you keep this W, Vegas. That's that's part of By the way, it is part of my frustration is that, like, everything, if there are football gods at all, and you have the ball on the one-inch line, and you don't score a touchdown in overtime, you should not be allowed to win the football game somehow. It just seems like it's an affront to the football gods. Um, also uh, points out the... Uh, a lot of people were talking. Andrew Stecco, I think, sent everybody on the planet the video of the interception that wasn't from Marlon Humphrey last night. The the ball that he had no idea that he had control of still that hadn't hit the ground. And if he would have just grabbed it, it would have been a pick. But he didn't. And it's a goofy bit. But he also got away with uh, pass interference on that play. So kind of works both ways. You know what I mean? Like it... it he got away with one for sure on that one, and so I'm not going to lose my mind about the fact that it missed on what could have been an interception 
it probably all comes out in the wash. Like it all comes out in the wash. The fact that that play went for an incompletion. It wasn't as good as it could have been. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. That's that's about all that I can say. All right. Um, uh, two more things, really quickly about. Uh, we did not get an update from John Harbaugh last night about Tyree Phillips. Um, Jeff Zrebeck said the expectation is that it's serious. Hmm. Not, yeah. not good. Yeah. I mean, not good. And there's nothing I can say. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find the exact quote that he used. Uh, Harbaugh didn't provide an update on Tyree Phillips' left knee injury, but obviously expectation is it's significant. Not good. Not good. No way of getting around it. Not good. We'll find out more, I would think, today when John Harbaugh meets with the media, but there's no guarantee that that's going to be the case either. He might not have more information as of yet. And then looking at snap counts for the record, um, Tyson Williams had 35 snaps. Latavius Murray had 21. So... The big difference in the first half and second half. Correct. That's the the trend is the part that you say, hmm, it looks like they were trending more towards Latavius Murray. All right. um, Joining us now, he was in Vegas last night covering the game for NFL Network. He's been a friend of ours for some time. He's an NFL Network reporter who you can follow on Twitter at Weish89. He is a friend, Mr. Steve Weish, and he's back with us here on GCR. Steve, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. Really appreciate you waking up early out there. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, absolutely, man. Crazy game last night. Still still kind of still kind of feeling that energy. Yeah. Yeah, as you'd imagine, it's uh it's not uh, not quite as uh, uh joyous here in Baltimore. Different <laughs> energy. Yeah, different type no. of energy uh going on uh, over on this side of the country. Steve, I- I'm I'm genuinely stunned about how this game went after the Ravens were up 14 nothing because for everything that they have going on, all of the problems they're facing injury-wise, if there's anything that we know of the identity of this franchise since uh, Lamar Jackson took over as quarterback, it's that they're bullies. And when things go their way, you ain't getting back at them. Like they are, they are going to shorten the game. They are going to make it impossible for you to be able to come back. Was it as stunning to you to watch that as it was for those of us that have watched the Ravens be overwhelming in those circumstances? I think it was more stunning the way the final couple sequences played out. Because, you know, you don't see them, you know, give up a big play like they did to Edwards, you know, right there. You know, then they get, then they get the, take, the takeaway in the end zone and give it right back with Lamar Jackson's second fumble. Well, you know, the, the, the couple interesting points were how they could not – they really did not get a ton of pressure on Derek Carr. Nope. The supposedly questionable offensive line for the Raiders kept him clean. And then the fact how they did not adjust to help out their, you know, the Villanueva. I mean, Max Crosby was wearing him out. Gakwe was wearing him out, you know. And, and you know, Lamar, when, when they did drop back to pass, um, you know, he had no time. I mean, he was immediately looking to run and create – and they, and they just could not get any type of rhythm after that early start. I'm really worried about the Villanueva thing because, I, Steve, I was when they signed. I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. I kept talking to people in the Steelers organization, around the Steelers organization, and they didn't get it either. It, it never made sense to me. He hasn't been good doing the things that he was good at before in recent years, and, and he was never a dominant downfield run blocker and has never played right tackle. I, were you as confused when they made the Villanueva signing and committed to him as being the guy as we were, and 
I, I don't. What do you do now at this point? It was disastrous last night. Well, I mean, now, now you've got to you got to move some people around. You're going to have to give them tight end help. When they first made the move, I was like, okay, they just traded, you know, Brown. You know, who's a, who's a good player, but he wanted out. They must know. You know, you kind of trust the Ravens, right? Like, okay, they make moves that have made sense forever. When initially it looks like you lose a guy, you can't afford to lose. They've got someone to step in. So maybe they saw something in Villanueva for what they want to do in this particular scheme that they thought fit. And we saw last night when they've got to throw the ball as much as they did because they could not run it. They could not run it. Um, you know, he's, he is a liability in pass pro. So you're probably going to see a lot more max protections. You talk about Tyson Williams. He, the pass protection was an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, on that last fumble when Lamar had to scramble, he, he, he whiffed. Yep. Right. And that allowed Carl Nassib to get in there and punch the ball out. So that's an issue. I think that's why you're going to see Latavius Murray start to get worked in there a little bit more. I think that's why he was in there for most of the second half. But those are the things you're going to have to do to protect Villanueva because in that division, I mean, as great as, as good of a player as Max Crosby is, there's, there's a few pass rushers in that division. Um, that can get after yeah, Lamar a lot more than the Crosby did. Yeah, yes. no question. Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, you are staring down that four times this season, and that is going to be a problem. There's no doubt about it, Steve Weish. Steve Weish is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Steve, I, look, the Ravens still were the, the Raiders, you know, making a couple of plays and getting into field a 55-yard field goal away from somehow figuring out a way to win this game. It, is it as disastrous as some Ravens fans are feeling like it is this morning, or are we just panicking too much because it's a one-game sample size? That's what we have to work with. Week one is fool's gold. Week one is fool's gold, okay? Teams have had all off season to watch film of one particular team and to scheme for one particular team. You will see over the next two weeks things kind of level up and teams kind of really figure out who they are. So there's no need to panic right here. It was one game. We're going to see a lot of teams that got smoked this weekend get their footing and be fine, and a lot of teams that look like gangbusters come back down to earth. So, you know, don't, don't jump off of a cliff. We say this every year, and now that we've still got 16 more to go, there's a lot of time to fix things, and, and a lot of time again, the emotion of being in that stadium last night, and, and those fans being in that building for the first time, uh, it it definitely absolutely impacted the energy in that stadium. We'll see if the Raiders are as good as they look last night. We'll see if the Ravens are as, as mistake prone as they look. Like. Obviously, a bit of a concern that it's the Chiefs that the Ravens have to get next. That's not exactly the team that you want to get see when you're trying to get healthy no. after a bad loss. That's problematic. That's not a great thing. Um, Steve, would you, would you be looking, you know, just to go back to the right tackle thing, everybody's asking about Mitchell Schwartz. Like, would you be looking elsewhere right now? Do, is it is it the point where you would be looking for a street-free agent that might be able to help you solve this problem? Oh, I guarantee they're looking. I guarantee they're looking. Mitchell Schwartz, you know, once he's fully healthy, you you got to give him a look because, you know, he was one of the best right tackles, you know, there was in the NFL. So, but he's got to get healthy and get medically cleared. But, yeah, I mean, I guarantee you right now, they're looking to upgrade at that position. Yeah, I don't know how you can't. I don't. I don't know how you can't. It is an unmitigated disaster, and and there's nothing else to say. Um, on the the other side of the ball, I thought Steve, the Ravens were were okay for stretches, as you point out. The pressure that's it's it's a problem. I mean, like it's a they they attempted to address it a little bit this off season. They they drafted a pass rusher in the first round. They. They signed a veteran who badly wanted to be here, although I get it. He clearly appears to be on the downside of his career. But 
I, I, boy, it's 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 unbelievable how this continues to be a problem for the Ravens post Terrell Suggs. They just don't seem to have players that are capable of winning these one-on-one -on -one battles in order to generate pressure without scheme. Yeah, and, and they needed it last night because, I mean, as you saw, even on that final touchdown, Wing Martindale was bringing the house all the time. I mean, I'm watching the game. Like, they do not respect their car as many people as they consistently send. And you knew it sometime because of Gruden, is, you know, he doesn't miss a tendency that at some point they're going to get caught. And right. You saw, you know, Waller and Carr getting going. And then all of a sudden, Edwards, who hadn't caught a ball until 30 seconds left in the game, hits four in a row, including overtime receptions. Um, and then Zay Jones just popped open on, on an incredible rub route where they caught Humphrey. And, you know, it was great. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. And, you know, and, and, and I, again, no time to panic. But they're going to have to scheme up pressures. They're going to have to scheme up coverages because one goes with the other. And they were not, as that game wore on last night, they were not in sync. Give me something that we could be encouraged about in Baltimore, Steve. What's something like, this is such a, it's such a downer of a conversation. What's something after week one you'd be like, you know, but I'd be encouraged about this if I were you. Well, look, I mean, the, the defense played pretty well for the most part. I mean, again, they didn't get the pressures, but they didn't let Josh Jacobs go. I mean, I thought some of the linebacker play was well. And, and look, early on, you know, Clark and Humphrey were fantastic. They were just on the field for an awful lot. And, you know, when the pressure wasn't getting home, they were caught out there in man coverage. You're going to lose some of those. Right. So the Ravens are going to settle in. Like I said, week one is fool's gold. There's a lot of people who think that some of these teams are going to be world beaters. And by week six, those teams are below 500. So, you know, let's – yeah, it sucks, you know, the 24 hours after. And you got to play the Chiefs this week and this and that. But I, I, I think the Ravens are going to be, you know – they may not be just fine, but I think they'll find ways to figure some things out. The right tackle situation, though, is something that has to be addressed. Uh, biggest takeaway for you as a whole from the first week of the NFL season, Steve? Wow, biggest biggest takeaway for me, a lot of poor tackling, which a lot of people assumed. Um, but just seeing, you know, you know what's kind of the biggest takeaway is seeing how many teams would rotate in quarterbacks from time to time. We saw it with Mariota last night. We saw it with Justin Fields. We saw it with Trey Lance, how more teams – actually went to kind of, I won't say a rotation, but they would platoon a quarterback from time to time to move the sticks. That's that's a trend that maybe, we, you know, uh, we saw emerging at least for a week. I hate that trend. I'm just going to be honest. You got a quarterback, <laughs> go play your quarterback, right? Like, if you're in Chicago, just play Justin Fields, man. What are you doing? Like, what in the right. world are you doing? All right, uh, as we mentioned, at Weish89 on Twitter is how you follow him. And Thursday Night Football kicks off this week. Giants-Washington exclusively on NFL Network on Thursday night. Make sure you, you're tuned in for that. Uh, Steve, appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Obviously, uh, we are, uh, we're still licking wounds here in Baltimore, and we are, uh, we are, we're not handling it well. So appreciate you trying <laughs> to bring reason to the conversation, man. Thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. You got it. Take care. Steve Weish, NFL Network, checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that after he covered the game last night in Vegas. If I, if I had to give a positive, my positive is, you know, Sammy Watkins played well. As we said jokingly, like the wide receivers were largely really good yep. last night. Um, does that make me feel supreme confidence in them? No. Obviously, one of the problems with Sammy Watkins is that he hasn't been productive. The other problem with Sammy Watkins, of course, being that he tends to get hurt. Mm -hmm. So even if he has a good game, it doesn't give you significant confidence that he's going to be out there Um 
for the entirety of the season. But you react to what you react to. Sammy Watkins played well. Mm-hmm. He played well. He was helpful last night for the Baltimore Ravens. Was he a world beater? No, but he was he was helpful. And that's, I think, a reasonable expectation for Sammy Watkins is could you just be helpful? And if he can be helpful for 15. Had a better game than Willie Sneed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. He definitely had a better game than Willie Sneed. You're not wrong about that. One of the best games of any Ravens yesterday. Yeah, well, it didn't end up making a difference, unfortunately. <laughs> didn't end up as, as seemingly helpful as it was in that moment. It didn't end up making a difference when all was said and done, which is really frustrating. Just really, really frustrating. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. All throughout September, they are running the back-to-school special where you buy two windows, you get two free Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. Buy six, get six. Buy 124, get 124 free. The math goes on forever. There's literally no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Also, a big-time thank you to the Baltimore Ravens uh, for screwing up. After game day was done last night, I'm like, all right, thank God I can finally leave. It's like 1.15. Oh, and then I remembered that I had already written out the power rankings for PressBoxOnline.com, assuming a Baltimore Ravens victory. So thank you for that. Didn't add another 30 minutes to my night of work to do. I do that every week, by the way, with the Monday night game, as I assume what's going to happen. Well, that's like, good. I, they, typically, you know, you, not... what they say about assuming. The, that it's it's a better way to go about preparing for doing your work. It it mm-hmm. typically can help you about ninety percent of the time. It allows you to be better prepared to same. file. I think that's I think exactly it's what it said because I think it's no. I, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's it's very, it's it's very important that you that you prepare. To be fair, I don't look like an ass. Well, well, <laughs> says who? Who told you that? My mother. Well, I mean. It's good to have a mother that loves you, pal. I'm a good-looking ass, if that's the case. Good to, yeah, who told you that? Everybody, actually. No. No. Mm-hmm. No. That's that's not a thing, either. That's not a thing, either. From, let me go back. From Brian, personally, if we had anybody other than the Chiefs next week, I wouldn't be at the edge of the cliff. We have never beaten them with Mahomes, and you know the statistics of teams that start 0-2. That's the big concern. Well, you never know how it plays out in a 17-game season. It's a so good point. Lot, there is, there is more time. That's a good point. John from Little Rock is is coming up to Baltimore next week. Uh, I'm trying to get together with them. I think we're going to be able to get together. Uh, he said, I'm feeling great for spending the most I've ever spent on an NFL ticket for the Chiefs game, LOL. Yeah, it should be a fun one. Not ideal. I remember doing that for my father the year of the Cow Bowler, the magical Vikings and Packers games at the end of the season. At the beginning of the year, we had high hopes. I don't know, was it 05? I don't remember what year it was. Whatever year it was. At the beginning of the year, we had high hopes for that team. And so I said, I'm going to purchase a late-season ticket my father and I will go to the game. And I spent a good amount of money on these tickets at the beginning of the year. Weren't worth as much come game time. Fun game. Yeah. Fun game. I also... Was four touchdown game? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, was it Was it four? Was it five? I mean, he had a monster game against know. the... The Packers was the monster game. The Vikings game was on Christmas Day. Mm. And I think it was the Vikings game that we went to. Which he also played well, but... I don't think it. I think the Packers game was the monster game late in the season. I also once spent, as when I was a college freshman, the schedule said that the final game Cal Ripken was ever going to play was going to be at Yankee Stadium 
And so we spent a lot of money to purchase tickets for that final game at Yankee Stadium. Unfortunately, there was a major tragedy in our country, and the schedule changed, and the final game that Cal Ripken played ended up being here in Baltimore because of it. And I spent a lot of money to go watch a terrible Orioles team play a regular season baseball game at the old Yankee Stadium. Felt really good about that decision. Obviously, bigger problems. Correct. Yeah, in the grand scheme correct. of things, not, not the worst thing that happened that year. Not something that yeah. I was going to be able to complain about. <laughs> not something that I was going to be able to spend any time talking about, but Jesus, not great. All right. Um, continue to get me your uh, slaps of the helmet. We will get to those here in hour number two. Mike Nolan is going to join us, share some thoughts about everything. Ev- everything. In fact, we're going to do that next. We wind down hour number one. Hey, we are still going to do the Tyus Bowser show. That is going to happen. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We know we're going to be at City Line Bar and Grill on September 28th. There is a possibility there might be a show before that. We will we'll be work, looking into that, and we'll be able to get you more details. But we know we'll be at City Line Bar and Grill on September 28th. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. It's all brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, and Express Exterior Design. Mike Nolan joins us next to discuss what he saw. In, it, it's a fun day. I'm so glad we're here doing this. This is what you live for. Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. (sighs) That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. This is Glenbarradio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR. It is... It is a miserable Tuesday edition of the program, and there's no other way around it after the Ravens lose to the Raiders last night. We are uh, we are all dealing with it. We are all getting by however we can. It's it's just where we are. Hey, if you missed out, um, we, we tried to warn you that you needed to get in on this offer with Underdog Fantasy Football. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. Now, I'd, I'd still encourage you to play underdog fantasy football. It's a lot of fun. you got an opportunity to make some money. I know we're all disappointed that betting is not an option yet in the state of Maryland, and they are taking their time in order to get it into place. But you can win money playing underdog fantasy football, and I know a lot of you guys were playing last night. I would tell you that there are likely to be some more offers coming, and so just be paying attention. There are likely to be more offers that will be made, but right now, just go sign up. Deposit your money and have fun playing Underdog Fantasy Football, underdogfantasy.com. Let's continue to talk about it. Joining us now, he spent the preseason with the Baltimore Ravens doing the broadcast. Of course, former NFL head coach and Ravens defensive coordinator. It's a pleasure to welcome Coach Mike Nolan back to the show. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you. Thank you for taking some time for us this morning. Yeah, good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Kyle. Um, as you would imagine, we're not handling things well here this morning in Baltimore, Coach. Um, we are we are panicked. We are flummoxed. We are ready to go find uh, cliffs to jump off of. It's just not a pleasant day. Um, let, let me start with the defensive side of the ball. What did you think about how the Ravens went about trying to generate pressure as the game went on because it wasn't working in the first half? It seemed like they were leaving a depleted secondary in some tough spots as the game went on as they kept trying to figure out ways to get after Derek Carr. Well, both defenses in the ballgame, I don't think, played as well as they had hoped. I think that was obvious. You know, both, both teams' offenses, anyhow, were if they didn't get 500, they were near 500 yards, which is not typical of either one of those teams. So that was a little bit of a surprise. But uh, I, thought, I, I just thought that it felt like uh, – the Ravens just couldn't get in the groove defensively. I know early in the game, they didn't even bring any pressure. They were bringing, they just went with a four-man rush to start the game, which is a little bit uncharacteristic. And that could have been thrown by the fact that they did do a little bit of no huddle. They hurried to the line of scrimmage a couple times. That can throw you off sometimes if you're not, if you're not anticipating it. But um, I just thought that when they did call things, uh, you know, some of the blitzes backfired on them. Even the last play of the game, you know, that was all out blitz. Again, I don't think a bad call at all. I don't question the call whatsoever. Right. But it just kind of backfired on them. And typically they're a team that when they do pressure, uh, the Baltimore Ravens usually have a lot of success. And when they did last night, it just, it just didn't work out the way they had hoped. There was, uh, you know, some passes completed down the field. 
um, things like that that just got thrown off. So, it, it, again, I don't question the calls. That's who they are. That's who the Ravens are. They're an aggressive as the team wears on. And like I said, though, I was a little surprised they didn't start early with a little more pressure. But would that have made the difference? Probably not. It just was, like I said, I, if you usually expect the Ravens usually come out pretty quick and kind of show you, hey, look, we're not just going to sit here and, and, you know, and play four-man rush with you. We're going to come after you. Mike, what jumped out to me on that last play is that you either are getting a sack there or you're losing the game. They were already in field goal range. So you almost have to bring an all-out blitz at that point because forcing an incomplete pass is of no help to you. They're still in field goal range at that point. The kid just showed he was going to make a 55-yarder. It felt like they were saying it's sort of like when you, you know, you have to bring an all-out pump block and not even leave a returner back, right? Like either we're getting to Derek Carr or we're losing this football game in this situation. Yeah, if you remember, look, they lined up for a field goal. The Raiders kind of made a coaching error, if you want to call it. I mean, they, they got penalized. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? They got right. backed up five yards, so they threw the offense back out on the field. Um, I wouldn't question the call whatsoever, and that's that's the honest to truth. Because, look, at, most people would think they're going to run the ball and try and get those five yards back and then kick the field goal. Because, like you said, they were already, you know, it, it was a long field goal, but it wasn't. It was a low 50, I think it would have been after the penalty. So I don't question the call whatsoever. What did happen on that play was on the left side of the formation on offense, they were in what we call a bunch where they had three receivers together. And the point man, who was Humphrey, he's on the line of scrimmage. He has the right of way. The other two players, Westry and I believe Verrett, or Mm. I forget his name, the right corner were there. Those two players have to play off the ball at about four yards. And when the ball was snapped, uh, Westry was a little bit tight. And as you'll see watching the play, he nudged Humphrey off of his man. Humphrey's got right away because he's the point man. So everybody else needs to be off and allow him to work through, and then they can pick up their man from there. And that's not what happened. So when they nudged Humphrey on that and knocked him off of Jay, I think Jay Jones was his name, number seven, the receiver for, for the Raiders that caught the touchdown, it just put him behind the man, and he couldn't make up the difference when they threw that ball up there. So Again, I don't question the call whatsoever. They were committing people to line of scrimmage to stop the run. They have a good secondary to challenge those receivers was not a mistake. The execution got them in trouble in the bunch, and that's that's really what happened. It was just a, you know, just one of those things that you got to execute better, and you can't bump your teammate off another player, especially when he has the right away. So. That's what went down. He is Coach Mike Nolan. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio after the Ravens lost to the Raiders last night. Um, Coach, the the only other thing on defense that I think was really alarming, I get it. This is a team, they're, they're without Marcus Peters for the season. They were without Jimmy Smith last night. But Tavon Young really, really struggled. Um, you know, I, I know that people were frustrated that it was the back, the, the trail official that called the second uh, pass interference. But, and looking at it, it, it it looked like a good call to me. I thought he was there early. And, and, again, I don't know that it was a terrible decision either because he appeared to be beat, and if he doesn't, that might end up being a, a, a touchdown in that situation. Um, what did you make of Tavon Young's struggles last night, and especially against Hunter Renfro? That's sort of the reason why they paid Tavon Young a bunch of money because he's supposed to be a top-slot corner in this league. Um, you know, look, I, I caught some of his plays. Uh, it's hard for me to say big picture how I would have thought he played because I really don't have an opinion on his big picture game. But he did get called number one, like you said. And, and look, those things are going to happen in the NFL. you got to prepare for those. But you just have to, you know, they can't – I don't think that cost him the game. And I don't think sure. anybody else does either. There's a lot of plays in that ball game that could have gone either way. And there's a lot of plays that the uh, Ravens, I know, would like to have back. But, look, I, I believe it's, it's – it's certainly not time to jump off the bridge with, with this. I mean, the Ravens are an excellent football team. 
Um, you know, I think the, the thing that kind of got them in trouble in it, look, the defense didn't play up to they'd like. They know that. And, yep. they, and they'll bounce back and they'll, because they've got too many good players uh, and they're too good. And there's 16 more games to come. So I think that's all going to be fine. They're going to, you know, they'll get back on track. Everything will be great. Um, you know, but there were some things on offense. All right, well. let's let's go there. Let's go there, yeah. Coach. Let's talk about what what do you do about right tackle? I mean, I, I I couldn't believe that Alejandro Villanueva was going to be the answer for them coming into the season. And I know he's a good guy and a good story and all those things. But boy, that that seemed to be an unmitigated disaster. Is that the type of thing where you have to start thinking about an emergency? Like, can you afford to even give that any more time to work its way out, or was it so bad? that as an organization, you have to start thinking about backup plans now after seeing that? Well, I think you always have to have a backup plan in your mind, and I think they do. What that is, I don't know. But I'd also be really interested, although none of us are going to know this, but what's being said by the coaches and how they, how they feel about going forward, how much better they can get. They knew the issues that when they, when they put him at right tackle, having been a left pa- uh, tackle for all his years at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they put him right. They knew they had some issues in the passing game. I think in the running game, he's fine and everything's good. But And he also was challenged by a pretty good player. But as we all well know, there's going to be more good players to come on the right side to challenge Al in the, in the passing situations. Um, I, you know, I think they're going, to, they're going to give it time, which is the right thing to do. They're going to be patient. Um, and look, if, if it gets that bad early on, you can always put a tight end on that side and get some chipping and do little things just to help yourself. Um, you know, help that player until he comes along. Again, he played the other side, I believe, for seven years before they ever moved him to the right. So there's going to be an adjustment. There's only pre- three preseason games. You know, there's a lot. There's a long way to go, and I think that they'll be patient with it. And and uh, but if it if it does get out of hand, I think they have to whatever that plan might be. I think they have a couple of young guys, uh, and then they also have you know they've got a, I think they've got two players I think that they could push over at that side if they need to. But in the meantime, I think they'll be patient with it. The running back situation is difficult, right? Like there was no way, even even the last time you did a game, right? there was no way to know how bad it was going to get for the Baltimore Ravens. We saw some positive things from Tyson Williams, but you know th- this to me was the problem with counting on a guy who had never played in the NFL as being your lead back going into Week One, which is, you know, if you can't block, you you can't play in this league. Like it, it, you know, we saw what happened on the final play. Uh, the Ravens had offensively, you can't be on the field. And I know you can speak to this as a head coach. Like, you can do wonderful things. You can be a good runner and you can catch the ball and all that. But if you're going to be a liability in terms of blocking, the guys, you just can't get on the field when we're talking about this level, right? Yeah, you bring up a great point. And I know he just whiffed that man uh, coming off the right edge. Uh, Tyson did. But, um, you know, that's it's it kind of lets you – it kind of show uh, what do I want to say? It kind of – gives you some light to the fact that running back is not just running with the football. And a lot of people see that and they go, guy, why are you in the game? You run so well and it's third down and right. blah, blah, blah. They're thinking somebody's got to block the man off the edge. And that's important. And you can see right there how important that really is. But, you know, the biggest thing I thought that w- that happened with the running back situation was that, uh, and was that there's a lot less read option being run in the ball game because of that. And that's a wise decision on the part of the offensive coordinator Roman uh, of the Ravens, because the ball handling that takes place within an option is not something you just walk in and say, Hey, look it, I'm a running back. And you know, you'll either give me the ball or you won't it, boy. It's, there's a lot to that. How soft that quarterback puts that ball in your belly, pulls it out, things like that. And as you notice, they'd only ran the, the option a few times in the yeah. ball game 
And uh, the one time, one of the times they did it, Lamar put the ball on the ground. Now they didn't lose the ball, but the ball was on the ground. Now that might not have been his fault. That might've been the fault of the back, just clamping down on the back quicker. So, you know, that took away a little bit of their game. I thought offensively in the option aspect because of the running back situation. And, and I, I still think going forward, the biggest issue with the running back situation is going to be ball security. And I'm not talking about necessarily the guys dropping the ball, um, you know, themselves, like on a run, I'm talking more about what I just said. And that is in the option game. That's a, that's a sensitive kind of a deal with the quarterback, you know, when to keep it, when to give it, when am I, when am I clamping down on it? When am I not? I, I completely agree. I, I know you spent a little bit of time, obviously, on the other side of the ball, but you were in New Orleans at the same time as Latavius Murray was. Are you, are you confident that given a little bit more time, he could settle into the role as being, I'm, I'm not trying to suggest a, a superstar back or a, a feature back or what the Ravens were hoping J.K. Dobbins was going to be this season, but do you believe he could settle in and sort of steady what they're dealing with at the running back position, given a bit more time around Lamar Jackson and in the system? Well, it's been two years since I was with Latavius at the Saints, and at that time I thought he was a serviceable back. And that, and that's, you know, that's neither – I think he's just middle-of-the-road kind of a guy, and that's, that's really all they really need, uh, in my opinion, um, you know, for that position. But I, I certainly think he's, um, you know, capable. I don't think that he's – look, he's a big, strong guy that runs hard, runs downhill – so he fits their their power running game that they that they do so often, and uh, so I think from that standpoint, you know, and I believe he's still in good shape. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, um, that Le'Veon might have been inactive was because I don't know what kind of football shape he's right, in right now. Right, uh, and that's just a guess on my part. But I still that's what I thought when I saw him in street clothes. I thought, well, he must not be ready because from a third down standpoint, matter of fact, in a ball game, Le'Veon Bell would be an excellent choice to put on the field because he's got great hands, he's versatile, he can block, he can do so many things. Uh, but uh, Latavius, again, I think he's a serviceable guy that can that can kind of in a rotation is a, is a good choice. Uh, they, they're gonna, look, they got time. I mean, it's, we got a 17 game season. Even if even if things don't go well next week, it's still a long time to go in this season to get that figured out. Uh, but it's something they're going to have to do. Uh, Coach, before I let you go, the, the thing that I think we don't want to talk about in Baltimore, because we are, as, as you would imagine, we are extraordinarily defensive of Lamar Jackson here because there is such nonsense that is spoken about Lamar Jackson as a football player from so many people. There are people that just say insane things about Lamar Jackson regularly. But, you know, we have to acknowledge when things happen. And while he made some good plays last night, he also – in the second half, and probably understandably skittish, but there were times where he just made some throws that you say, "What? What is that? Like, what? What? What happened there? It was wide open right in front of you, and you bounced it to Patrick Ricard in the middle of the field. It was wide open to your right, and you had time, and you missed your running back in the flat. Like, what? It, it, how frustrating is it knowing how good this player is and how much he is, you know, the, maligned?" to then watch things like that last night where there's just there's really no defense of a couple of those throws that he made. Yeah, well, look, let's, let's first uh, – he didn't play one of his better games. I think he would say that. Obviously, he turned the ball over twice. I mean, that's – ball security is, is the number one thing as far as winning and losing other than obviously points. But the ball over the goal line is the point. So you can't turn the ball over in the quarterback. Whether somebody yeah. missed protection or not, yep. it's your job to secure the ball – I didn't think he played one of his better games, and, and the things that kind of showed me, for me anyhow, was I thought I thought his accuracy again was 
was not good. I thought he was throwing off balance and, you know, kind of slinging it from the side. I didn't think his mechanics were, were as good as they were. In the last preseason game, I thought he did a heck of a job. I thought he really played well. He threw some really nice balls. He sat in there. Uh, he didn't do that much. You know, I thought last night there were several times he kind of got a little skittish and just kind of, you know, threw it out there. And, uh, you know, the thing I always look for is when a guy can catch the ball, your, your receivers, whether it's a running back tight end or wide receiver, and they can immediately turn it into a run. You know, that's that's when you know you're really accurate. But when guys are when it's an acrobatic catch, you know, every other time, that's not that's not good that's not good accuracy. You know, and sometimes it's gonna just be that way because that's the only ball you can fit in there. I understand that, but I don't think we're talking about those kind of balls. Um, look I, I think his strength is, is in the pocket and and extending plays and then it's running running with the ball in the running plays. He's never gonna be a pure pocket passer, but he's gonna be a threat every time he's in the pocket to turn it into an RPO, which it may not have been designed to be, but he's going to take off with the ball. You know, I thought that last night the Raiders gave gave him. Uh, uh, I thought that they didn't have a great plan because there were several times he was out and running quickly, um, and he took advantage of it. But uh, you know, look, he makes some wow plays, but there were some plays last night I thought that was. That, that cost them the game as well. There's no question about it. There's no question. The good news, again, it's one game. It's one week. There's lots of time. The bad news, some of these things you can't help but be concerned about, Coach. It's just the reality of it. You can't help but be concerned about them. What's going yeah, on? I think, I think the worst thing is Kansas City's coming to town. Yeah, that's not helpful. <laughs> that is not helpful. It, you do not feel good about that whatsoever. Um, as the Ravens will try for a fourth time to finally get a win over Patrick Mahomes, and and there is no way to have a lot of confidence going into this one. Uh, yeah, what's so? They, they still got a chance. I think they think they'll show up. <laughs> I I mean I hope I hope you're right about that, Coach. I hope you're right. So yeah. what's going on with you? I know you know you were doing the preseason games here. What are you up to now? Where where can are you, are you doing any media at all as the season goes on? Um, I'm just kind of piecing in here and there. I do, there's a little pre uh, on the radio with uh, uh, Jerry Sandusky. Yep. There's a little pre thing that we do, the, the noise versus truth thing, which which will be really interesting this week because there's going to be a ton of noise. A lot of there's noise. A bunch, yeah. a bunch of noise today. A lot of <laughs> and noise. That's exactly what it is. That's what we're kind of trying to get to, you know. I mean, just like that last play of the game, you know, what, what actually went down. Like, you can question the call, but in my opinion, that's noise. There's no, there's no truth to the fact that's a bad call. That's a great call. That's the perfect call. The execution – is is you know that's the truth. The execution you can't you can't knock your teammate off, and you got to line up properly so you don't knock him off. And Humphrey had the right away, and so you know little things like that that cost you games are uh, what we kind of get into. So that's what I'm doing a little bit right now. I'm having a lot of fun. Jerry's a great guy, and I really enjoy anything I do with Jerry. is always a lot of fun. So I'm I'm doing that. Outside of that, just uh, you know doing these little radio now and then, and just enjoying myself. Well, watching I, the I, game. I love it. Just because you brought it up, if I could before I let you go, Coach. The, the two things that there was some second guessing about. One, what did you think about the? Um, you know, in the in the first half, the decision to go for it on fourth and short. I have no problem with the Ravens being that aggressive team. I didn't love the call with the deep run of the backfield, but like I have no problem going for it. And then not calling the timeout to try to ice the Raiders kicker at the end of the game. What do you think about those two decisions? Um, the first one, I got to be perfectly honest. I, I had to step away from this set about the first time. I got some calls from outside. I had to go take, so I okay. missed the fourth down and one. But but I would look. I know this. They're, they're the number one. How was it? Fourth and one. Yep, fourth and one. Yes. I, I would just say this. Unless they're backed up on their side of the field, it might be a little risky. But otherwise, 
I think it's a good decision because they're so stout in that area. I mean, they're a, they're, they're a powerful running team, and I don't think the Raiders are known for their power up front. You know, they were more running around. They're, they're smaller guys that run up field a lot. So uh, I would have thought going into the game, great decision. So whether I saw the situation or not going into it, I, I would say that that was probably a good good move. Now, you're down a running back, and you really don't have your guy. I don't know who they handed it to. Latavius would have been a good guy to hand it that's, to because I know he's strong. Yeah, that's who it was, but it was it was deep. I mean, he was five yards behind the line of scrimmage when he got the ball. It was. Uh, when yeah. you can't allow the pen- that's the one thing that defense can do. If you allow the penetration, then that's how they win the down. But otherwise, you can knock them off the ball, and you can create some big old holes just like they did when Tyson right. Williams had a touchdown run. Yep. And that's, that's a perfect example of that run defense the Raiders play, in my opinion. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna. Every now and then, they'll get a big play in the backfield, but you're gonna gash him on some other plays. Um, the other one, icing the kicker. Like, if, if they didn't, I know this much. Uh, Harbaugh, nobody knows special teams better than he does, and as far as icing a kicker, and uh, so whether, again, I, I wouldn't question that because he would know. In my opinion, he knows the kicker and he knows what he wants to do to him. So whether he did or not, uh, you know, I don't think that that, that, that I don't question that. Mike. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's that's one of those things that after the fact everybody gets to say. Yeah, right. If it, if it doesn't work, you did the wrong thing. Of course, exactly. Something more just to blame the guy for. No <laughs> doubt, uh, Coach. Always appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time for us. Love to chat again down the road. All right. It's... All right. Thank you, guys. Coach Mike Nolan checking in with us here on GCR after the Ravens lost last night. Those again, I I, I talked about it at nauseum last night at halftime. I will never, ever, ever question the decision. With the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson sure. Ravens to go for it on fourth and short. The play call mm-hmm. on board. I mean, I I'll ne- I'll never I'll never understand any team using a deep handoff as their fourth and one play. I'll never understand that. Well, part in a probably years. had to do with the discomfort with mesh points, and you would like to see a read option in that situation where you have Lamar be able to make a choice and read a defense. And but- and, and I guess my thought would be, if you're uncomfortable with that, then you kick. If if you don't think I you mean, can I would have do that, just handed Ricard, frankly. Probably, I would have rather that rather that. But I I would just go back. If you are un, if you don't think you can run mm-hmm. um, a read option there, then just take the points. If 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 you think you were neutered to having to do this, and I get it, like they handed the ball off to Tyson Williams the previous play. But if you look, I I have no idea what the Raiders were doing on that first fourth down. I have no clue because if Lamar had kept that, there would have been a giant hole to the outside too. I mean it. I have no idea what was going on in that play defensively. But I just I'll never be in favor of a deep handoff. That'll never be something that I think will be a good idea. Um someone deep in the backfield getting the ball and turning a one the need to get one yard and the need to get six. Mm-hmm. Like that they'll just never make sense to me in a million years. Um the ice and the kicker thing, I you won't want to hear this, but I probably agree with Mike Nolan yeah, in that damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think, like, and I think the Ravens have enough intel. I also think there's something to, to be said for when they expect to be iced, right? To sort say, of like you know, they're waiting for it. They're waiting correct. for it. They, this they, isn't going to really a, count. It's, like, it's, it's, it's icing and ice, game. right? Yeah. Correct. Something along those lines. Um, Carlson's a good kicker. He's a very good yeah. kicker. And add into it that if you if you take the timeout late, he might be able to get a practice kickoff. Mm-hmm. Right, like if you wait to take the timeout, then they might be able to snap it and have him go ahead and fire a kick and feel pretty good about it from there. Doesn't guarantee that that's going to. I, I, I don't think that it was the wrong thing necessarily to not call a timeout there. I, I just don't. I also think that, you know, they were kind of scrambling. They didn't have a timeout to get set. Like they were, you know, it just. I, I don't a lot know. of more plays 
worthy yes, of complaining yes. about. That's it's not it, it to say it was very low, it's not even on my list of concerns. It's just not. It doesn't even show up on my list of things that I'm concerned about from that game. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley had a great chat with Scotty McGregor. It is available. Facebook.com slash pressbox sports, pressboxonline.com. You can find it in either of those locations. Stan shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. And while Stan and Gary are going to take this week off uh, for the Jewish holiday again, they'll be back next week, Stan and Gary, talking to a newsmaker. And they've got Tommy Shepard, the general manager of the Wizards, who is going to be joining them next Wednesday. So you'll want to be tuned in for that as uh, Stan's shows, again, are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. We come back in. It's time. We got to dish out some slaps to the helmet. We're going to do that next. Slen Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach-speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Bear Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five tweet us at 
Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. John Proctor wants to know if Ben Cleveland can play la- uh, tackle, asking for a friend. Doubt it. I mean, I, but I don't know. Right? You know I mean, I, I, what's the comparison we're making here? But it's also, all also, they liked Ben, ben Cleveland so much he wasn't active. He was coming back from injury, but yes, I hear you. I, mean, I hear you. It's not a good sign either. And it was always unre- It's the same thing I say about it. It's, it was unreasonable to think that Tyson Williams could be a feature back in the NFL in his first NFL game. It was unreasonable to think that a guy that you drafted in the third round was going to be a sturdy option for you to to start his career immediately, week one as your answer at left guard. Which doesn't mean that Ben Cleveland might not become the answer at some point in the coming weeks, and he might have to uh, with no Tyree Phillips. Um, But it was just, these are unreasonable things that we were just wanting to be the case because we want them to be the case. You know, like we just, we want Ben Cleveland to have walked in immediately and been Marshall Yonda because he looks like a professional wrestler and he's got a fun nickname and and we want to like him. But that's not, what happened with Marshall Yonda is the exception to the rule. That's not normal. Assembly did play well his rookie year. He stepped he played, in. He was He was okay. a really good guard his rookie year. He, he was. was. But well, they drafted him to be a tackle. and it like was, it was a, He was also a second-round pick. He wasn't a third-round he was pick. He also guard, wasn't so. a third-round pick. I get like, it. A third-round pick being an immediate starter. Creed Humphrey. Center, it's more likely to find one. Well, I don't, was he a second or third? Uh, I think he was a late second, if I remember correctly. I think he was a late second. And I, I don't, was Miners a starter? I don't think Miners no, was. No, I don't think so. No, who I again sure. liked and thought would be a good option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Creed Humphrey was indeed a late second round pick. It's someone drafted in the third round to be an immediate starter. Is just not common, without there being other circumstances like this wasn't. Sometimes somebody is forced to start sure. because your your first plan goes awry. Somebody else gets hurt. But for that to be your plan and to have it play out and work out perfectly or for someone to be so good that they demand or force their way into it, it's just that is not the way this normally works. So we'll see. You know, Hopefully Ben Cleveland becomes that guy at some point this season or if not. But I don't think that you should be able to say, oh, he's the answer at Oh, tackle. there's, there's yeah. no Yeah, there's no way. And I, I don't – I think – I get was, it. Was, but he was has 6'6", six, six, so I can understand so. why you would ask the question, but yeah. yeah, He probably moves better than Villanueva, to be honest. Uh, we have a quarterback who played very little snaps this preseason, three running backs. So I'm not the, yeah, it's Ron. Uh, the preseason thing doesn't that, – that's not a thing. Don't don't allow yourself to be duped into thinking that's a thing. That's not a thing. The, the playing snaps in the preseason does not correlate with whether or not somebody's going to be ready. Um, but the running backs having not taken snaps in the Mars, sure. I'm hoping this is a wake-up call to the team and we bounce back strong against Kansas City. Look, I'm still going to be... I don't even know if there's a moral victory to be had against Kansas City, right? Like, I don't even know like, there, if they, there, if they there play is, them close. And yes, it, in, there is a moral victory to be had only in the context of if you come out of it and, like, Alejandro Villanueva looks like he can play and your running backs look pretty good and it just comes down to Patrick Mahomes being a magician at the end of the day, you. you will feel better. You won't feel good, but you'll feel better next Monday. Hey, Stan the fan, love you. I don't know. Um, and then and then you'll feel better come Monday than you feel today. Sure. You still won't feel great, and there'll still be that thing hanging over you. you you're not going to feel like this team is ready to go win a Super Bowl. Do you want to say Hi. Do you want to? 
Uh, Stan's going to come say hi. Stan's here, so why, why wouldn't he come say hi? You're not going to feel great about him, but you'll feel better than you feel today, which is not remotely good at all. Stan the Fan Charles stopping by, saying hello to us. Good to see you, pal. How you doing? Hanging in there, guys. It wasn't a, a fun. Night, wasn't guys. a fun night for anybody last night. No, not a no, fun night. Not at, a fun night. Not at a fun all. night at all. But hey, at least the Orioles. At least the Orioles were off. <laughs> it was a good off night for the Orioles. Nothing. I got nothing really to say. I made yeah. the comparison earlier. I said, the Ravens, assuming that Alejandro Villanueva could be the answer at right tackle, is akin to if the Orioles were trying this season and tried to sell us that Matt Harvey was an answer as a pitcher. Like it's just. It never made sense. It was always insane. No one thought it was a good idea. The Ravens were the only ones. And it's... Yeah, it's I, really, really reared up and bit them in the ass. It's, it's, a, it's a... For them, and this it speaks to the bar that has been said here, yeah. it's, it's as big a miss as I can Do, remember. You know what's interesting about that whole scenario? Because what the dominoes have fell into place is they give Stanley the contract. He gets hurt. They move Orlando Brown over. If Stanley doesn't get hurt, mm-hmm. is Brown would have been more Brown... content staying at right tackle. He said he realized how badly he wanted to be a left tackle once he started playing left right. tackle, and right. yeah, the domino effect probably so exists. Domino extent. effect, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Villanueva, at least for game one, certainly didn't seem like the, the answer disaster. over there. Yeah. Utter, complete yeah. disaster. Yeah. They had several kind of disasters. Yes, in that, so sure. It's, that it's, game, it's not you know. only Villanueva, but it's. Yeah. Like he was the one that, he was the that stood out the most. Yes, yes. Yeah. he stood out the most. I mean, it was, it was. You know, I'm not gonna jump into the anti-Lamar camp yet, but that was a, that was, an, uh, and I know he was under immense pressure mm-hmm. all game long, but uh, the the fumbles were just Dribbles, unconscionable. The fumbles couldn't happen, and yeah. the the two the two throws in the third quarter that the just. That you'll never in a million years be able to explain because you see him make the plays like the also, touchdown. Like you can't right? escape like, the fact that the, no other quarterback would have been able to do I understand score that. what the Ravens scored last night if it hadn't been Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Like <sighs> probably that play in the touchdown throw, the, yeah, the, the runs it, where he breaks it open. It's down unfair field. to say that because I don't. I get it. I, mean, it's I get entirely what different trying, offense altogether. If it's get, not Lamar right. Jackson. I get what you're trying to say, but. I don't know, but it's also it's still inexcusable. Like I you can't you. we we I want to defend Lamar Jackson. There's no defending Lamar Jackson last night. He made some good plays, and then he did some things that it's not just Lamar Jackson, an MVP caliber quarterback can't do. He did some things last night that any NFL quarterback cannot do. Like that's the reality of what happened. We'll talk yeah. more about it in a minute. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people I I think online and uh, you know in social media started attacking. He's got to learn how to hold on to the ball. If I if I recall his career in a snapshot, came came in for Flacco that year. Which season was that? Eighteen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wait. No. And, yes, yes, and had 18, quite a bit of trouble fumbling the football. The next regular season, I don't remember that being an issue. Mm-hmm. I don't nope. remember it being an issue last year in the regular season. No, this is this not. This was something... an issue last night. He played. He did not well, do a, a good job. It was a great play by Quentin Jefferson to knock the ball out the first time. The second one was a combination of poor pass protection and poor ball protection. Yeah. 
I mean, and while it was a great play by Quentin Jefferson, you also have to know that when you're carrying the ball, guys are going to attempt to do that. Right? Yeah. Like that's that's going He's to. He's got to know that guys are behind right. him and to right. the side. Well, of He's him. normally yeah. very good at avoiding those sort of hits. He yep. took a little bit more took the second more, half. He than definitely you would want to took see. more yeah. hits than we have been used to seeing from him. There's yep. no doubt about that. Yeah, no He was question. good at times last night at avoiding them as well in the open field. Like so he got down before they would hit him. Should we play this week? The Bengals, Titans, slouches, a bunch of slouches over there. Healthy game for the Ravens. Yikes. Yikes. This is one of those, wish you had a clip remote. You know, remote uh, you know one thing I'll say, and you know I'm not the world's biggest John Harbaugh fan, but the one thing about him, he does not allow himself or his team to get too mired in the muck of negativity. Yeah. He's got, he's got a pretty good grasp on how to get his team back up. So I'm assuming – that that game will not be any kind of blowout next week. I, mean, you know? I can't assume that with anybody the Chiefs play, frankly. Right. No, yeah. I don't think they're going to quit. I don't think they're not going to. Ch- I, mean, I, I just don't think it'll be a total and utter mismatch where, where you go, wow, if the Raiders did that, we're really in trouble next What's week. I think they'll play them a reasonably close game. What's next the week. spread you would pick the Ravens to cover? Against the Chiefs. I'm assuming the Chiefs, after watching that Ravens game last night, the Chiefs are probably going to be about a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They only, they, the it, before the game last night, they'd only opened it, like, with two-and-a-half? Two-and-a-half. I, I would say yeah. it would add four points to the I, Chiefs. I, I think it will probably be five-and-a-half. I was going to say yeah. five-and-a-half, yeah. too. Uh, but, I mean, that would be just for Just for funsies, I'll wander on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook. But and how high could it get? For you to say, I right. don't know, how low could it oh, get it's, for you to it's say? It's barely moved. It's only three and a half right now. Seems By like the way, <laughs> it hasn't yeah. had time to digest right. yet. Guess By the way, if bet, you huh? go to one of our favorite spots, covers.com, mm-hmm. they show the the, uh, the movement. They, no, they oh. show the fan duel. Okay. They have about six or seven yeah. other uh, things. I think it's when you click on the game specific. I think that's where you get it, but you get FanDuel. Oh, we definitely we are uh, we are trying to align ourselves a little bit with FanDuel oh, for I a few understand reasons that, that we I will uh, that. we'll be talking about more. I hopefully yeah. hopefully we'll be talking about more at some point. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Keep saying those words. Uh, what else is going on with you? We were talking earlier. I know you talked to Scotty McGregor last night. And a nice chat with Scotty McGregor last night. He's a big Ravens fan. He was prepared. I don't know. He he and Ross have you know where I'm at right now. They were at some deck. Probably a bar of some kind, but it was oh, a deck, right. and it was at six o'clock, so it was empty, and uh, it, was g- it was good. But he says, "Oh, we're getting ready here for the game," and that's you know, cool. He was that's into, cool. He was into it. Love Scotty. We talked a, l- a lot about um, uh, what what this season the t- the toll it's taken on pitching. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you mean coming out of last year? And yeah. How yeah. You, you know? Because Scotty's used to working with pitchers that right. were coming back and rehabbing and this was in some ways similar to that you know All right. he and i have a slightly different take on matt harvey though than you do you oh well, he yeah. did better than villanueva has let's put it that way i think well, no, villanueva he can piece did. together he a couple eventually did. This yeah. year, but look at his numbers for so, the season no well, matt harvey so so look at week six or seven did. villanueva yeah. will be a stud harvey was yeah. pretty good the first month and then it tailed off for a he while, was and then okay it got back. For the first well, Villanueva wasn't close to okay. F- okay, fine. You know, with <laughs> Harvey, I, I still will wonder how his season – I think pitchers that are very sort of psychologically vulnerable, I really think that Chris Holt was like his security blanket, and who wasn't there after about five starts – 
Chris Holt was. Maybe the Ravens should hire Chris Holt. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they should. Look I don't know if they'll uh, help the uh, the pitching staff of the Baltimore Ravens yeah. or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we we've got our picks. We'll coming be on up Wednesday. Wednesday. We'll be yep. on Wednesday, and then uh, wishing everybody a restful fast uh, yep. after that. And yep. then I know you'll be back uh, again next Monday night talking baseball with uh, Ross. We've got, uh, in fact, I know my guest next Monday yes. night is Bill Spaceman Lee. Oh wow, one of the great characters in baseball history yeah. for sure. That's very cool. And very then the cool. next two Wednesdays, I also know yep. who our We're guests are. Stein and I are going to have. Tommy Shepard, Marty mm-hmm. Conway knows him very well and helped me book Tommy Shepard, general manager of the Washington Wizards, who's done a very interesting job over there in recasting that team. I think any anytime you can get rid of John Wall, that salary and yeah, the posse. Wall uh, played all right last move. year, frankly. I mean, yeah. Probably a little better than Westbrook. Yeah. Eh, I don't know about that. I disagree with that. I don't think he played better than Westbrook last year. I mean, year. I statistically always outweighs. Wall? Yeah. Wall looked decent at times in Houston. Yeah. Westbrook, I mean, statistically always puts up great numbers, but the teams he no, plays it was, for it wasn't exactly a great. It wasn't a great right. fit, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. Is he back with them again? No, he's, he's in L.A. LA. Yeah. He's he in LA. Oh, you mean Which Wall? LA? Wall? Do you mean uh, Wall is still Wall. in Houston, I believe? Yeah. Wall will be with Houston. Actually, they, can't, they can't Yeah, that's a funny thing. I actually don't know. I genuinely Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then, so we've got Tommy Shepard on the 20th. Yeah, he's still in Houston. We got tw- Tommy Shepard the twenty right. second, 29th, We've got Tavares Hardy. Very good from Loyola, uh, Loyola Absolutely. College. All right, guys. At Stan the fan on Twitter. Give yeah. him a follow there. And Paul Valley is uh, checked in with him. He's still married. Yeah, he's doing. I, I, he's doing well. He's doing well. It was his birthday yesterday. In fact, yeah. nice gift that he got from the Ravens. He's nice a great. Gift. He's a great kid. You yes, found. he's doing. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a great job. Bat around every Saturday morning. Yep. Uh, and make Zach's sure you're checking good that out. Too. Yeah. All right, All right sir. Appreciate you. you. Stand the fans. See you, sir. See your face in the Chief place. Grand Poobah here at Press Box. Appreciate him stopping by. Is Ron still there? I'm sorry, he Ron. Is. Ron, good morning, pal. I'm sorry, pal. It's, it's uh, Everything good? Okay. Uh, just uh, saw some same uh, repeated issues. Uh, coaching in particular. Yeah, there was many issues. I just wanted to bring it up, and I want to see if you think I'm if I'm reaching or not. Okay. Because uh, uh, you're more right. So... Uh, the decision not to take a field goal with the best kicker in the league and go up 10 uh, if he makes it, which I think he does, with the ball to start the third quarter on the road, um, your thoughts on that, sir? So we're always going to disagree on this one, Ron, and I saw you talking about it last night. Mm-hmm. I, I am the, With the only caveat being, when I, we, Kyle and I were just talking about this, if you were so nervous about your running backs that you refuse to call um, uh, a read option play on fourth down, then, okay, then then go ahead and kick the field goal, right? With Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, I am always going to be okay with you going forward on fourth and one. I will always, always, always be okay with that decision-making, with the only caveat being if they really – the play call was terrible. It was a terrible play call. I don't, mm-hmm. I'll never understand it. And if the reason they called it – and remember, they, they turned and handed it to Tyson Williams in the first fourth down, and you know that one worked out clearly much better. But mm-hmm. if the reason for that is we refuse to run a read option right now because we just don't trust our running backs, then if that's the case – then I'll then I'll say yeah maybe you should have been kicking there but other than that I am never gonna I'm never gonna have a problem with them being aggressive on fourth down with okay. Lamar Jackson as I generally agree with you on the aggressive part I liked it in, early in the game not just because it worked and we scored a touchdown I actually I mean I my whole thing again is the situation that this is where I, it's okay that we disagree because I like aggressiveness too I just think right before half 
We're on the road. It's the first game of the year. I'd like to be up 10 with the ball to start the third. Well, but remember, the, there was still a lot of time at that point. The Raiders were getting the ball back. If if they kicked the field goal, the Raiders were still getting the ball back with a minute and 10 seconds left. And so, I, you know, while they... Was it a minute and 10? Yeah, it was a minute they, and 10. But they didn't have timeouts, to be fair. Uh, they, I, I don't think, think they, they had any I think they still had two timeouts at that point. Uh, in fact, they did. They called, they called two timeouts on that drive. They, okay. they, they still had two timeouts left and a minute 12. So the, other, the, the flip side argument would be if you convert that fourth down, you have the possibility of scoring on that drive, not giving the Raiders the ball back at all, and then scoring again to start the second half. So I think it's automatic, and I think we'll be up and I'll take my chances taking it deep. That's just me. Um, I, that's why I'm thinking. I get the math. I get that. I get Lamar, and I usually be aggressive in the there are just certain times in the game, like, for instance, this playoff game two years ago, the decision not to kick to make it 14-9 oh. resulted in a 10-point swing. Um, that little different situation. But I, I, uh, what is about not using the time to ice the kicker? Yeah, we were just talking about that, too, a second ago, Ron. I... A kid made a 55-yard kick. I don't think that a timeout was changing anything. And as Kyle pointed out, like there is this world where if a team thinks that you're going to take a timeout, that in a weird way you're almost reverse icing them by not taking the timeout, right? Like that mm-hmm. they're assuming it's coming. You don't take it, and maybe you screw them up that way. Also, that it, one of the analytics that they have is do, does icing a kicker – like they've, they've done their research in all these guys. They know – whether or not icing a kicker has shown to be something that could impact these guys, and they use that in making their decisions. I, I think you're doing it for the sake of doing it. I don't think it's changing anything at that point. That, okay. that kid, can he's got a boot. Um, he's accurate. I mean, he's, he's accurate as hell. Yeah. and He's I, a good kicker. He's yep. a very good kicker, to be fair. Yep. I think. I mean, I, I mean, he's probably still making it. I, I, I like icing. Um, I, I don't know the stats on it. I can't tell you. If the stats say don't ice, and that's what the, what it's looked like, then okay, I'm cool with it. But I think it was definitely a consideration. I think you definitely got to think about it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely I, – I have no doubt that before the Raiders got the ball back late, um, you know, John got the word from his guy, hey, here's what we're going to do if they get to a situation where, where we have a timeout and they could kick a field goal. We're going to do it. We're not going to do it. I, they, they have – they employ people – who know whether or not there's anything about anything about taking a timeout here is going to matter, and so I have no doubt that that was a conversation that was happening. That that wasn't just okay. something that they you know kind of flippantly said. Eh, I'm not going to do it. I think that, that was based on fair. what they were told. That's fair. Yeah. And fair. And la- last comment, Mark Andrews. If you've covered it, I apologize, but um, there is now a pattern. It's not just one time. It's not just huh? two times. If you do it three times, I, in big games when you need a play. He's not catching the football. That I think are these are all. If you look at all three instances, I'm looking at the Titans play, play two years ago, first drive that completely changed swung mm-hmm. the game. Um, he's not he's not making that play, Glenn. And he's a good tight end. He's, he's uh, Sunday at one o'clock. I think he makes that play. But I'm I under the bright lights. He has to make that play. If he's gonna if we just paid him like we I don't know third third tight end money, elite money. He's got to make that play. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, Ron. And look, we've we've talked a lot about how the the issue with Mark Andrews, while he's more of a solution than a problem, there is a problem that he has played his worst in the biggest moments. There's no getting around that. Like you can't shake that in any way. Does that does that mean you weren't going to pay him? No. Does that mean that you're right. likely to be able to do better at tight end? Nope. I mean, like this is. 
there's what five really good tight ends in the NFL, and you yeah. might have you might have the fourth. Like you might not have the first. You might have the fourth, but the drop off after the five is is significant, right? Yeah. Like th- this is what you have to do. He needs to play better in those moments. There's no getting around it. Mark Andrews needs to play better in the biggest like, moments. That was a catchable ball. I mean, he caught it essentially. Ball. Yeah, I mean, he caught it, and then yeah. he, and then he, the guy came. It was a good and hit. He got nervous. Yeah. Well, was, he got hit. He got hit hard as hell, but he got hold. But it's also it. Mark yeah. Andrews seemed to be missing for the better part of sure. the second half, right? Like there's other Mark I Andrews really get targeted. Yeah. yeah, correct. I mean, look at, look at Darren Waller. He got free releases the entire second half. I mean, their whole offense is resolved. I'm revolved. He was just getting free release after free release. Mark Andrews, to me, you say he's got to show up in the second half. And last thing, Glenn, I know it's not football related. I'll just say this. I'm not a huge joke. Like, obviously, Federer and Nadal gets the love. I know we talked about this. I was happy, at least, that the crowd gave Novak support. I thought, I, yeah. I thought he, he's earned that right to get support. Yeah, so but as, but as, you, as you and I talked about, Ron, I am not convinced that that didn't impact him. I, I, oh, I think, I think, it it, I think it's I think a weird it thing. I think that his psychology, his mental makeup is that he – we were talking about this on Courts of Thunder yesterday. By the way, new episode of Courts of Thunder available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I, we were talking about this. I think that winning – like that that interaction with the crowd is part yep. of what drives him oh, of, I agree. of 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 okay okay of of having that moment where he says are you going to are you, are you going to get behind me now i think it's part of what mm-hmm. makes him tick i think it's why it hurt him last year to have no fans at the us open i think it's why it hurt him to have no fans in tokyo and i think it's why it kind of hurt him to not have any fans on sunday not look Daniil Medvedev he's was also playing. He's the best when they're all. He's the best when nobody. They're all against him. And yep. I, in a weird way, I edge. had the same thoughts. It I had gives the same him an thoughts. edge, man. But it... he was also, to be honest with you, Glenn. I'll just say this: as great as he is, and he should have. Uh, obviously, he was the favorite, but he had a tough draw. He did like an unbelievably saying, difficult. Vera draw. gave yep. him a tough. Like he had, like he, he was on the court a while. Yep, one hundred percent. And Daniil Medvedev got a fairly easy draw. Take nothing away from FAA, who's a nice player, yeah. but like. Comparing FAA in the semifinals uh, four hours earlier to a uh, five-set night match against Zverev, who hadn't lost in months, it, mm-hmm. it was a very and, – and, and Djokovic – now, he also did it to himself. He inexplicably lost sets in this tournament to players he shouldn't have been losing sets to, even going back to the first round. He did some of this to himself, but the path was far more difficult. It caught up to him at the end. He won three Grand Slams this year. He's going to win more Grand Slams in the future. But Daniil Medvedev is a, is a champion and a guy that was a deserving – I, the reason why I picked him to win the title this year, I, it felt like it was building to this moment for Daniil Medvedev, and, and it did. And so I just hadn't seen him. I he was obviously next in line. I just had it was either him or Zverev, but I, I had not seen Medvedev. He served like that the whole tournament. The serve went to another level, yep. and I thought the strategy to hit up the middle a lot up the middle. As Novak's going to figure it out, Novak's going to adjust. But I think that kind of he loves the angles, and I, I just uh, the serve. He, there's very rare times, Glenn, and I know I texted to this to you. There's very rare times uh, he's the greatest returner I've ever seen where he is not, he looked lost on the on the return, mm-hmm. and that was one of the few times. Del no has done it, Fetter has done it, but that. Uh, and thanks for the time, man. Hey, I'll Ron, uh, appreciate it. Enjoy fatherhood, pal. Ron and Owens Mills. New dad checking in with us this morning. Uh, let's get into Slaps of the Helmet. Let's do it. Slaps of the Helmet brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where today. Yes, the, the bad news is that the Ravens lost. The good news is that you can go as of today to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill and enjoy their delicious Oktoberfest menu. 
one of my favorite times of the year when you start seeing these types of flavors in your life, including the delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. The menu also includes your favorites like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, the Brewer Sausage Sandwich, the Prussian Pretzel Rolls, the Slam Dunk Pretzels, and the Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in on the patios or in their dining rooms or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years, and they say thank you, fans. You know the rules for slaps in the helmet. You pick five Ravens. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be a, whatever you want it to be. Another offensive player, another defensive player. A, um, a, a special teams player or even a coach, you rank them 5-1 to one with your number one sort of being your anti-player of the game. My number five, it was difficult for me as the second defensive player. It was a tough thing because I didn't think that the defense played all that porous. And you could say, hey, I'd like for this guy to make more of an impact. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what this sort of came down to for me. Um, and, and this one, it was just sort of alarming. The Ravens did a good job against the run. They did. They did. Josh Jacobs was largely a non-factor in this football game, but injuries certainly hampered him as well. He seemed to be hurt well, every other run. It's true too, but yeah. he, I mean, he averaged three point four yards per it. carry. Like Josh Jacobs was was of no. The run game was not. They, they threw for five. Like, the, the story was they they took care advantage of the Ravens via the mm-hmm. air. Um, but Patrick Queen not only missed the tackle on Josh Jacobs that was on third down and an opportunity to end things there, and it's it's inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The Raiders might have gone for it anyway and converted on fourth down. So, like, I can't guarantee that would have ended things there. But, like, I, I, he was wrapped up I mean, I, in the backfield. Josh Jacobs is a very strong runner. I right? understand like, that. Inexplicable is maybe too f- – it doesn't give I enough disagree. credence to Josh Jacobs, he was, the runner. It's not about – he's, it's one he's thing, maybe on the all fantasy here's, here's, here's where I di- – well, that might be true. But where I disagree with you is it's one thing if you've got him in the I backfield, understand. if you're in front of him. It's another I'm, thing I'm to aware. have him wrapped up up I get it. in the backfield. We saw with Jamal Lewis a lot of times that that still doesn't I, stop I your legs that, from moving but that and being able like it, it's tough to it's still I you're get not it. getting, I'm not disagreeing you're not that getting he a pass needs to this. make that tackle. You have to make that play. No doubt. If you're anyone who's on the field in the NFL, if you're Patrick Queen who was a very early pick and mm-hmm. significant expectations, sure. you absolutely particularly when you're of no help against Aaron Waller, you're of no help against like when you don't do other things yep. as a linebacker, you damn well be making that play. Yeah, he was on my list until he wasn't, until that it had to be Lamar. You have to make that play. Well, Lamar is much higher on my list. Um, you have to make that play. There is no excuse. You have to make that play every time he didn't make it, and he didn't do any enough otherwise. It's being the guy that makes the... the he, he, is, he was only mentioned prior. He had a sack late in the game that kind of salvaged his night to an extent. Correct. He had the penalty against Renfro that people were hot and bothered about, but it seemed like he did kind of give him I, a... I do. I don't know. I, it's a gray area, I suppose. Right. And then other than that, he was sort of non-factor. Yep. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, Deshaun Elliott's number five. Uh, the two times he could have brought <laughs> that Waller him. and didn't. Um, otherwise, was largely uninvolved. Um not to say he's not a good football player, not to say he won't be an important piece of this nope. defense, but he didn't do his job well enough last night. Uh, no, I don't disagree with that. He's somebody I considered. Uh, Andrews finds himself at number four on my list. Um, just unfortunately, the three ahead Here of him you. were far more significant. Mark Andrews, he's got to show up. 
Uh, he's got to be more of a factor, and certainly in consideration for my list. He's got to catch the ball. I mean, there's no this 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 goes with expectations. That you want to say there are other guys who played worse, like. I, the, Tyson Williams avoids being on the list, right? Because mm-hmm. the expectations are so minimal. And he that, played worse than he played better, also. So it's like no, nah, but the the bad I, was really bad. I get like it. the bad the bad cost him the game at the end, right? I get it. Like the bad was unthinkably bad. So the, the really the only reason why he doesn't make the list is because he this is the clerk's thing. You're ne- he's never supposed to be in that spot. You're never supposed to be trusting someone like that in this situation. It's unfortunate that that's where the Ravens were, that they ever had to do that. And, yeah, he did a couple of good things. There's no doubt. He did a couple of good things. And But Tyson Williams avoids making the list because Mark Andrews has the burden of expectation. The burden of expectation is you're making the big money. There's no excuse. There's no, well, yeah, but the other guy's trying to. Like, you have to make those plays. Mm-hmm. Have to. Yeah. Mark Andrews has to make that play. He's got to continue that I drive. Hear, I mean, period. He, not on my list, but he was certainly going to be on the list, and it's not like it was a decision that was tough for him to be off of it, so no doubt. I'm out of fours, Lamar Jackson. I get it, right? Like, you have him higher. I can't argue with that. Um, it also just kind of falls into the, as much as those two plays were awful and... It's not just the two. ...doomed the Ravens, and he was inaccurate on certain plays... He was also really good on others, and they can't the opportunity cost game where it's like, well, what if it weren't Lamar Jackson? I, you know, I can't not factor in for me. So I, he's number four on my you, list. You can't the, the the fumble again. The fumbles to me are not nearly as bad. The, the miss to Tyson Williams is one of the worst throws I've seen a quarterback make. Well, his throw it's, he made against the Bengals in his rookie I mean, was far. It was a bad one. one. It's an established NFL quarterback I make. You, you that you're you're a former MVP of the league. Tell me the I, – I don't watch every game that Aaron Rodgers plays, and I know he's made some bad throws, but, like, to a in that circumstance where you're not pressured, where the guy is standing by – there's no one near him. I heard a couple of people that are desperate to try to make excuses. Well, maybe he was trying to throw him open. That, that wouldn't have been a good throw if he's trying to throw sure. him open. He was open. Sure. Like, it wouldn't have been a good decision, and it wouldn't have been a good throw even in that – it was horrible. Um, the throw in the middle of the field to Pat Ricard that he just bounced inexplicably right in front of him. It's, I, I love Lamar Jackson, and I think that people are insane when they talk about Lamar Jackson, but you can't defend that crap. You can't. It's terrible. I mean, I think he was... Yes, he was, he was skittish. There's no doubt affected. that he was skittish. Yes. But these weren't circumstances where it was he was getting bombarded. and let, These were circumstances where the throws were easily there to be made and it was just not good there's no getting around it. he's number two on my list because of it number three for me or are you going i'll go ahead number three is to where we find Tavon young yep um it wasn't as if he was impactful for the entire game because at a certain point he wasn't really playing that much wester got more snaps than him last night um it never made sense and they paid him i can't get around it it was something that was premature it was something that he showed his rookie year that even though people were all hot and bothered about how good he looked, he was still too quick to the receiver and made contact far too often before the ball got there. A lot of times he got away with it. Um, nothing changed last night, and he wasn't very impressive covering the slot. No, and that's what you're. And that's somebody. We we had this moment last night where Ken's like, "Look, Hunter Renfro is Renfro is a tricky matchup." I'm like, "Well, that's that's it. That's the list of things that Tavon Young can do." Mm-hmm. He's not here because he offers other things. He's he here. He should never be guarding Darren, Devin, uh, Darren Waller. 
Well, I mean, I get it. He did I sometimes. Mean, I, I get was a mistake, it. probably. But That's like, correct. yeah, he's but like, you're or you're here. You got paid to be the guy that can stop Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. Period. If you can't do that, and Hunter Renfro is a fantastic route runner. He's a great slot receiver. Like, he's the type of guy that you every team wants to have a Hunter Renfro type. He fall like the fifth round or whatever. Yeah, he did because he's not a. You I get know, it. He's a, he's a right? diminutive. Correct. Like that's the reality of it. But he's a helpful piece. Sure. Every team is good to have a helpful piece. If you can't match up with that guy, you're not offering something else. There's there's not another aspect to your game where like yeah he's not great on that matchup but look what he can do on outside mm-hmm. receivers. No, this is it. This is what he can do. Yep. Number three. I might choose Ronnie Stanley. I get it. I mean, I get it. He was coming like, back from injury. It's his first time seeing I, action in a long time, and there's some leeway and room for error to be had. But it's glaring. It's glaring when neither side can stop any edge rush. And it ain't good. There's when no there doubt was about issues it. stopping it on the right, there was issues stopping it on the left. I mean, uh, it's just dooming. It's dooming for the pass game. And so it's... Yeah, unavoidable for me. And number one is the new long snapper. What the hell were they doing? No. Yeah. Look, obviously, they're going to wave his number one. He's on everybody's list. All right, uh, Proctor, number five, Elliott. Missed tackles are bad. Missed tackles for touchdowns are worse. Four, Lamar. I know you're under pressure, but protect the football. Three, Houston. It's hmm, weird. Yeah, sack. I said, a nice sack, and More the all-around pass rush and lack of sacks. I don't know who to isolate. Eh, probably not Houston. I yeah. don't think that would be the one. As good as I could have hoped for, yeah, probably. I mean, probably. Uh, to Greg Roman, what the duck was that play calling at the end of regulation gave them the field goal with no timeouts. I, we talked about that in the postgame show. That again, in hindsight, I think everybody, when they got to that point of the field, sort of said, run the ball three times, force them to use their timeouts, work the clock, get it down to about 30 seconds, take your field goal, and go win the game. Mm-hmm. It would have but, been more criticized had they passed it on third and left them with a minute. And But it, but if you want to have a conversation about, like, being a, go, go get the sure. first down, don't let them get I the get ball it. back. I'll listen to it. It's, it's just the difficulty with the offensive line, how poor they were blocking. I don't right? disagree like, with that. I don't disagree with that. And number one, obviously, Vienna Weva, uh he says, atrocious. More from uh, M. M doesn't understand the rules. He put too many offensive players on it. He only put Tavon on. Sorry, bud. you got to put a second defensive player. That's the way the list works. I am not going to include it. Paul from Ovilando. Five, Lamar. You guys are being way too favorable. Two fumbles, a few bad throws on open wide receivers. Uh, number four, Tyus Bowser signed a big contract. Wasn't visible. It wasn't, didn't do much. Played a lot, but, I mean, didn't make impact plays for sure. Three, Greg Roman called passes on six of the seven first, first, six of the first seven plays to start the second half. Number two, Tavon. Uh, and number one, Villanueva. Uh, from Nick, number five, Marlon. Not for the TD, but the whiff on that Renfro tackle and not knowing that he had intercepted that Waller pass. I mean, he was all over the field. I mean, he was. I mean, I, I, there, were, there were certainly are things that I didn't like, but no, there's no world in which I could have put Marlon Humphrey on he would have. I think he would have been number one if there had been one on my list. Uh, if they had won, I did that. I made that five because I thought that was going to happen, and he was number one. one. I don't. Know and then there was hard to pick to differentiate amongst two through five for me. I don't think. I think Sammy Watkins would have been number one just because he's the only guy that did. It was all good, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and and nothing that was bad. But you know, I I get it. The totality of the good probably would have been significant enough for me to consider him. Um, and the 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 run stopping was really good. I'd have to think. Brandon Williams played really well. This sure, is the Clayus Campbell had that great stop on fourth yep, down and, and like, all of it. But it's I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. How for how much they asked of him? I hear you. They asked a lot. Uh, he says four wink. Okay, 
Three. I think you can make an argument for Wink, for Roman, and for DaCosta. That's not allowed technically, right. but yeah. Number three, uh, Lamar can't lose. Lamar, he can't lose the ball. I think they lose anyway with the way the defense played. But still, number two, Tavon. Number one, Villanueva, who he thinks is uh, he thinks he's an agent. He thinks he's uh, he's a Russian asset. Somebody from our group, me. Somebody goes, Sacre Bleu! Right. Villanueva es un saboteur! Correct. <laughs> Uh, Callum, uh, five, Mark Andrews, four, Lamar, three, Deshaun Elliott, two, Tavon Young, one, Alejandro Villanueva. From Brett, one, Villanueva, two, Andrews, three, Tavon, four, Elliott, five, Greg Roman. Uh, continue to get me yours. we got to grab one more break, so I'm not going to keep doing it. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we will continue to share them throughout the day, and we will post ours at glennclarkradio.com here momentarily. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get tubular to wind it down on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio today, brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. It's just there's no awkward. This, I wish I wish this wasn't awkward, but it's awkward. I'm sorry. It's just I I laughed about this last night on the post game show. It's just I can't I can't ignore the awkwardness of it. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss the moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Look, you're going to want to be there on Sunday night. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. I know it's a bummer. They lost the game last night. I understand. Not fun. But you're going to want to be there on Sunday night. It's going to be massive. Go to BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets right now in order to get yours. Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirits, 
Spirit Showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. This is Glenbarradio.com. Nothing but net. Paul Rabel is retiring from playing the game of lacrosse to focus on being the guy that runs the PLL instead. So it's interesting. It's interesting. And um, hell of a player. There's been this. It's been misconstrued that Paul Rabel's the greatest player in lacrosse history because he's got the most media attention and he's the guy that's branded himself the best. It's not the case, but he's definitely been a damn good player. There's no debating that. Hell of a player, but Paul Rabel's retiring uh, from playing professional lacrosse. At at least that's what he's saying he's going to do to just sort of run things for the PLL. Um, the other news we talked yesterday about um, the situation at Navy and kind of got weirder yesterday as Kenny Amatololo announced that he had hired Ivan Jasper back, not as offense coordinator, instead as quarterbacks coach. Weird situation, very weird situation. Confirmed it was A.D. Chuck Gladchuck's decision to fire him that then he got in and got in the middle and, and was able to hire Ivan Jasper back. It's just a really bizarre situation. They also had two coaches that will not be continuing with them because they refused to get uh, the vaccine. And this was sort of like the end-all, be-all deadline. Like, you've exhausted all of your appeals processes. They're saying either you're getting vaccinated or you're out. And so... It's a weird situation, obviously unfortunate, but they got to buy this week, so they got some time to try to get some things figured out. All right, hey, a quick reminder, uh, housekeeping on our end, that the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is going to be tomorrow this week. So everybody that normally gets Thursday the rest of the season, this week, tomorrow, because of the holiday. Get your waiver so, plans in, and yeah, correct. Well, tomorrow's what you know. Sure. You'll you'll have your roster. You'll know who. I don't think I'm going to be getting Elijah, but I got the fourth claim. I imagine somebody will be getting the, him before me. The, the running back, bit. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like I was like, Elijah Moore. Why would you be all hot and bothered about Elijah Moore? Yeah, the running back in San Francisco. I don't. I still don't know. I don't think that I would, would use be more for trade bait. Hey, I wouldn't use a waiver claim for him. Oh, well, I'm hoping I get him. I mean, yeah. I got. I, I need some. I got I got a lot of problems. I need a little bit of everything. I need James Robinson to become a thing again. Yep. More than anything else. I need James Robinson to be a factor because I I it ain't happening for me if he's not. I need to put Jamar Chase in my lineup. Uh that's gonna be something that I'm gonna have it's gonna to burn do. Burn you next week, oh, one thousand percent. It's gonna end I don't up know costing. Do you like do I just pray? Just roll him out there no. and pray. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna ask Ken Zalis all of these questions tomorrow morning on the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, Glory Days Grill, and CCBC. Normally Thursdays at 11.30, this week Wednesday at 11.30 for the Press Box Would rather Thursday? Football Show. <laughs> yeah, I guess it'd be tough to do, but <laughs> damn it. Damn it, Ken. Damn it. The alliteration sucks for Would You Rather Thursday, but it might be the way things have to go this week. Or maybe we just take a week off. We just took a week off a couple weeks ago to do the college football thing. Ah, not great, not great. All right, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. That's a problem for that's a problem for tomorrow, Glenn. Is the way that I like to think about it. 
Tidbit brought to you by Window Nation. They are giving you that great offer right now all September long. Two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. It goes on forever. There's literally no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Not a great game last night. No? I don't think I need much stats to back that point up, but I'll bring them anyway. How many consecutive games had the Ravens won? When 81. They had, no, they, John Harbaugh had won 81. 81. The Ravens. 175. 98. They had won 98 consecutive regular season games. So. When leading by 14 points. Derek Carr in last night's game was pressured on only 20.3% of his dropbacks, despite the Ravens blitzing 17 different times. That's not ideal, but it's even worse when juxtaposed against the fact that Lamar Jackson was pressured on 54.5% of his dropbacks, despite the Raiders blitzing two times. Two blitzes all game for the Raiders resulted in a 54.5% pressure rate. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. For here. Lamar Jackson. Can't all have been Villanueva for what it's worth. It no, was it's a not poor all, effort no, from no the question. offensive line as a whole in Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens had three sacks and forced two turnovers. Got the Ravens off the field on nine of 12 third downs, not counting the fourth down contempts, whatever. They were the third worst in all of football last year in all three of those categories. So either the Raiders got a whole lot better or the Ravens have some crazy big issues on their hand moving forward. And maybe it's both. But, yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. No. Darren Waller was targeted 19 times. Hmm. 19 times. If you say so. That would juxtapose or excuse in, me, in the first half or total. It was 10 okay. in the first half, I believe. It seemed, 12, like, maybe. it seemed like it was about. If you did 19 times 17, yeah. I could do this math. Uh, 19, 20 uh, times 17 would be, be 5, 5, right. 5, 340 yeah. minus 19, 321. Yeah, that's a lot. 321 targets on the year is what he's currently on pace for. Uh, that would be a record by quite a big margin. I would think. There are, though, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 okay. different tight ends okay in nfl history in nfl history to be targeted more than 145 times in a single season five tight ends you said there are nfl history one two three four five so i'm gonna start with the good ones uh uh, sharp no they didn't throw the ball as much back then gates no, 140 was the most. Gonzalez. He, he reached that mark in four different seasons. Kelsey. He's reached that mark in two different seasons. Kittle. Actually, one. He had 145 on the dot. So, not Kittle. Vernon Davis. Not Vernon Davis. Darren Waller once before. 145 was his most. So no. Okay, got it. Zach Ertz. The most ever in a single season, 156 back in 2018. Todd Heap. No. I don't think the Ravens threw 145. No, they definitely did. They definitely did. There's no doubt about that. Um, Heath Miller. No. Harold Carmichael. No. It's not Ozzy, but I know it's not. Ozzy. No. Jason Witten. 149 for Jason Witten in 2012. Missing one. You're missing two. Missing. I thought you said there were five. 
maybe there's six. I don't know. Okay, because I've got Gonzalez, Kelsey, Ertz, and Witten written down as so ones six, I got right. Sue me. Um, Jimmy Graham. 149 in 2011. And this last one is the, the kicker, if you will. The kicker. Not literally, but. He's, a, he's probably a tight end. Bad human being. Oh, Aaron Hernandez. No. Mark Chimura. No. He's a bad human being, and he's not. Bad human being. Bad human being. A lot of targets. How bad of a human being are we talking about? Real bad. Real bad. Real bad. Real bad. Not like murderer, but like as ugh, jarring of. Oh, Kellen Winslow, right? Yes. Yeah, sorry. 148 yeah, yeah. for Kellen but was Winslow. It, was it Kellen Winslow? It, it was junior. It was junior. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Well, that's a yes. Yes. That's maybe we could have just said Kellen Winslow is one of them. We'll leave him off the list so we can make it a little bit more fun. No. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it that way. Stats are stats, one. Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. We know we'll be at City Line Bar and Grill on September 28th. We think we might have something cooking before that. We'll have to let you know. You can find out at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. It's all brought to you by Express Exterior Design, PressBox, and Great 8 Memorabilia. Here's what's coming up. Orioles-Yankees, 7 o'clock on Masson. Garrett Cole against Alexander Wells. The bad news is the Orioles could win these. Unfortunately, they're really good against the Yankees. That's the problem. Masson 2, Marlins Nationals at 7, FS1, Indians Twins at 740, MLB Network, Red Sox Mariners at 10. Uh, ESPN will have the first two parts of the Mets documentary uh, from the 80s, 30 for 30, Once Upon a Time in Queens, parts 1 and 2 tonight starting at 8 o'clock. It's also airing on ESPN 2. I don't know if that's a censored, uncensored thing like they did with the, um, the, the Bulls documentary. I, I don't. I just genuinely don't know, don't know if either. that's the case or not. But um, yeah, uh, ESPN and ESPN two for the the Mets doc, NBA TV, Indiana Fever, Atlanta Dream at seven, ESPN two for the League's Cup. I know you've never missed that. Santos Laguna taking on Seattle Sounders at ten, America East TV, Mount St Marys, and UMBC Soccer at seven, and the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at eight. Obviously, huge news. Samoa Joe had to relinquish the belt. Um, they're going to have a a fatal four way. For to crown a new NXT champion, who do you like? Truly was a sloppy Samoa Joe. Four-way champion, um, Justin Houston. Justin Houston, that's a good call. Now, what did you think about uh, Big E winning the belt last night on Raw? Well, you got to do something in. after Entourage, right? Not bad. Uh, Non-sports highlights? Non-sports. Uh, a new episode of the Hulu show Only Murders in the Building. That's the Steve, Steve Martin, Martin and Martin yeah. Short one. I plan to check that out at some point. I attempted to start watching it, and I realized I needed to be able to pay attention to it. So I'm going to have to... I like that in the show. I I do enjoy that in the show, but started it just limits... started AP Bio, by the way. It limits First my... episodes uh, were very good. The First new season, yeah. Do-do-do-do-do-do. American Crime Story, the impeachment one, 10 o'clock on FX. You have to watch that, but it's it's on. Miracle Workers, 10.30 TBS. Late Night, uh, Magic Johnson is on Kimmel. Um, Jonathan Bernthal is on Seth Meyers. I wonder if he'll talk about uh, We Own This City or not, but I doubt it. It's still in production, so I doubt they're promoting it. Stuff and things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. Uh, very good. Thanks. Uh, oh, by the way, today's show was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 
to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797 or c3america.com. Thanks today to uh, Steve Weish from NFL Network. Thanks also to Mike Nolan. We'll get that and slaps up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Irons and fires, stuff and things. Press Box Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalas tomorrow. Stuff and things. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, Baltimore Ravens, MDOT, the Maryland Five Star, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go, birds, but not really. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>